What's up, New England, MMA and beyond? The Room Podcast, bringing you the 2021 end of the year New England MMA rankings with my business partners, my buddies, my family in the New England MMA community, Lars Borson and Travis Lott. Happy New Year, guys, man. This is the first time you I've seen you, your faces, other than, you know, just texting back and forth, man. How was your holidays? First, uh, Lars, man. How was everything going, man? Good, man. It, uh, it was, it was uh, you know, the holidays, the holidays. I got two younger kids, so it's Christmas is kind of based around them. A um, little bit of traveling. Went up to Burlington, Vermont. Uh, saw my brother up there. Turned 40 uh, a couple days ago, so that was uh, a tough pill to swallow, but, you know, we're here. Well, uh, you're a big family man. Well, I would say big family man because you have, what, two or three uh, children running around the house. So, man, that's something uh, special at this point, uh, at their ages, man. Um, did you get any sleep over the holidays? Yeah, yeah, I got some sleep. It wasn't too bad. Um, you know, just uh, doing last-minute shopping like I do every year and uh, just getting up early to open up presents and, um, you know, ringing in the new year and, Turn into big four zero. It's been uh, it's been a hectic few weeks, but you know we're uh, and you know we've had a little downtime when it when it's come to uh, regional MMA, which has been nice, kind of give you some time to focus on family. Uh, but we're starting to heat back up here. I think it's exactly one month from today. Uh, we should be down in Plymouth, Mass, at Cage Titans fifty one. Excellent. Well, we'll get to you now, Travis. Man, you don't have uh, many kids running around except for a cat. Uh, that is your is your child, and um, man, how was your Christmas, bro, on the farm there in uh, in Maine? Well, we do have another family that lives with us: my brother in law, my sister in law, and their three kids. So I got to enjoy it from I get to play uncle this uh, Christmas, which is always nice. Spoil the crap out of them, and uh, then lock them out of my portion of the house. Um, you know how that goes. Um, but no, uh, things are going pretty good. Uh, aside from the fact that I, I had some recent knee surgery, I may have, uh, done a little damage to on Christmas day, bringing some gifts to, uh, old Sandy's sleigh. But, uh, yeah, other than that, everything's been pretty good. Um, missing the MMA thing. I'm um, not really missing it. We got a lot going on with the management side of things. We are, uh, you know, making the track, looking for sponsors for, uh, some guys we got coming up on cage Titans, uh, looking for some, maybe a sponsorship or two for Blaine Shutt, who's going to be uh, fighting at Bellator. Um, so we've been doing some stuff behind the scenes, but uh, it hasn't made it uh, into content on the website for a little while. So I'm happy to be out here. Happy to be doing this tonight. Excellent, man. Uh, happy to have you guys uh, back in the room. Uh, what I'm planning on doing in uh, next week is starting to hit all the fighters in them cards, on them cards you, uh, you spoke about. Uh, the Neff card, the Cage Titans card, and, uh, you know, I was just waiting for the Cage Titans, their awards to get over with, because I couldn't hit everyone, and I don't, I didn't think it was fair if, uh, you know, I interviewed a guy that was, you know, nominated and, uh, you know, didn't interview someone else, so I kind of left them alone until the awards uh, got um got announced, and they're, now they're announced, so uh, full throttle next week. I'm hoping to do a podcast with you guys, you know, if not once a week on a certain night um, or random nights when we can all get together, at least once every couple of weeks, just, just uh, you know, check in and talk about either, uh, you know, our management or New England MMA in itself. Just, uh, you know what I mean? So I'm looking to chat. 
in 2022 uh, about everything, not just MMA, about behind the scenes, everything uh, that has to do with anything going on uh, with anything at this point. I, I just want to gab and talk. So with that said, guys, um, we're here for a special night. It is uh, a lot of hard work went into these these rankings. And uh, Lars, I'll let you um, talk a little bit about it. We don't want to spend too much time, but I'm going to let you talk about how they came together, how many people made or weren't involved, and uh, and then we'll talk about the sponsor who is sponsoring the show tonight and actually sponsoring the rankings for us. So, uh, Lars, go ahead. Yeah, um, you know, these rankings are a pretty big undertaking. Um, you know, we, we take pride in it. We feel like we have a pretty good grasp on the scene here in New England as to who's doing what and who's kind of, um, you know, up and coming and whatnot. So... We also incorporate some other media members um, and some promotions. We did a fan vote the initial time, but it was just too much work gathering the fan vote. And, and to be honest, there's too much bias involved with, with the fan vote. So we kind of narrowed it down this time. We did uh, media and promotions. We had 11 or 12 um, different individuals submit rankings. So we feel like there's um, you know, a good breadth of opinions here. Um, you know, it was us three who submitted rankings. Then we had our one of our colleagues, Brendan Boats, who submitted rankings. Um, then we had uh, Travis Sinclair from Western Mass MMA. We had uh, Jarrett Kelly from Fightbook MMA. Um, we also had Ryan Jarrell, who kind of does his own thing. Um, and then we had a number of promotions who submitted rankings as well. So we tabulated all those. We combined them all together. Uh, and that's kind of where we landed. So... It isn't just one person sitting down, uh, pen to paper, and kind of making their own rankings. We 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 get a good swath of opinions that we we kind of bring in together to create these. Um, you know, initially when I put out the the vote tabulation spreadsheet, uh, you know, we have God, what is it, nine, eighteen different weight classes between amateur and pro, and I try to include as many fighters in those weight classes as possible. Some weight classes are thinner than others, but we typically have about 300 fighters that we incorporate into those rankings that allow you can vote on. And then we narrow it down to you know, our top 10 ideally. So uh, pretty big undertaking. We've been working on it for three or four weeks now. And um, we're, we're, we're pretty happy with where we stand. When you look back at these rankings at the end of the night, uh, you'll think, yeah, they're, they're solid. Um, so you know, I'm pumped, pumped to be here and uh, to announce these. Um, we also brought on a sponsor for the rankings. Um, one of my good friends, uh, Gabe DiSeverio out of Portsmouth, New Hampshire. He owns his own hot sauce company, The Spicy Shark. I got some of his products here. Um, I've known Gabe for a while. And if you're a hot sauce fan, uh, check out, you know, thespicyshark.com. Um, I wasn't really a big hot sauce fan until Gabe kind of got me into it. And now I use these hot sauces pretty much at every meal that I have. Uh, I, they have everything from, you know, this is the original habanero, which is my favorite. Um, and they're all named after sharks. <laughs> Gabe is a huge shark fan. So he names all his, his, um, his sauces after sharks. This is the thresher shark, which is a chipotle. And as you can see on the side here, they each have like a, a fin. That's how hot they are. So it's like a one to five fins, depending on how hot they are. 
And I also got a Caribbean uh, reef shark here, which is a Scotch bonnet. Uh, they also do a wing sauce, which is really good. Um, a, um, a blueberry kind of hot sauce, not really a hot sauce, but like a syrup, a blueberry syrup, spicy syrup. Uh, so check them out, thespicyshark.com. Uh, they're based out of Portsmouth, New Hampshire. We've uh, got a partnership with them now. You can go on their website and order anything. Enter code NEMA, N-E-M-M-A, and you get a 10% discount on your order uh, moving forward. Um, so it's definitely, if you're, if you're a hot sauce fan, give them a try. Uh, like I said, the best hot sauces I've ever had, and they got a ton of flavor. It's not just heat, it's flavor. Uh, they're not made from extracts, they're made from real actual peppers. Uh, so I, I put on everything. Um, he's probably got about 10 or 12 different products out there. So check out the spicyshark.com, enter code NEMA, get a 10% discount, and uh, tell them uh, New England MMA sent you. Excellent. Well, uh, we'll embed, uh, put his website on uh, this podcast on the YouTube and all that other stuff. Give him, uh, you know, give these people some link to click on real quick. I did show his Instagram while you were speaking about it and uh, showed a little bit of, uh, you know, what's going on there. He's got a ton of followers on Instagram, over 7,000. So uh, they're doing a lot of things right, man. When you got that many uh, followers as far as, you know, a small business like that, man, uh, kudos to you. So, uh, dudes. Uh, congratulations on, uh, you know, the rankings getting this done. And as you said, Lars, it wasn't just the three of us. There was a, there was quite a bit of, uh, MMA knowledge and, uh, media that took, uh, took these, um, rankings very serious because, you know, as I posted tapology, man, you look at their rankings and who's ranked in new England, as far as divisions, man, you know, they have a couple of them that are close or maybe, you know, on, but. There's a lot of other, you know, names on there that are just, you know, got to be shuffled around. They're not right. So, guys, um, we got a lot to go through. So, I tried to kind of the first few rankings kind of put them all together because, um, you know, they're not, <clears throat> I don't want to say the most popular, but they're the most thinnest. And, uh, you know, for not as much activity coming out of these these weight classes, which is the which are the New England Heavyweights, light heavyweights, amateurs and professionals, and the women's. We don't have women's divisions. It's mostly pound for pound best because we don't have enough women in the New England area to make, you know, different div divisions. We'll have one, uh, you know, three, three in each division, if that. So with that said, Lars, we're going to cover and announce the heavyweights, pro and amateur, light heavyweights, pro and amateur, and the women's pound for pound uh amateur and pro so i'm going to put that up now and, yeah uh, and I, I think it's important to note steve that our, the last time we did rankings was a year and a half ago um i think it was you know summer of 2020 um you know pandemic was kind of in its infancy and we haven't put out rankings since then just because there's really been no activity like the regional promotions just started kind of getting active again uh this summer so we wanted to give it some time, let some guys get some activity in before, because, you know, why put rankings together if no one's fighting? So this this can't kind of give everybody six or seven months to be active, uh, to reevaluate. We had to kind of loosen up some of our um, activity stipulations uh, due to COVID. So we were a little more lenient on that. Um, you know, but for the most part, these are the most legitimate rankings you'll ever going to see in New England. Um, you know, Steve, Travis, and I, we 
know this game better than anybody else in the region, in my opinion. And, um, you know, we've seen thousands of fights and um, we pretty much go to every show and see them live. So we get to see these guys in action, in the cage, um, and evaluate their talents. So, uh, you know, we think these, you can't get any better than this. Topology can go fuck itself. Awesome. Man. <laughs> awesome, man. And our pictures are better too with, uh, you know, if I, you know, before we get started, go to newenglandmma.org, check yourself out uh, on there. Check, you know, look up your stuff, man. There might be videos, interviews, stuff linked to uh, your personal page there. So go check it out. We know you're going to be there in the next couple of days because these rankings will uh, be up on the site for you people to go take screenshots and, uh, and uh, you know, send them out. But please give us some credit when you do send them out. If you do screenshot some stuff, which we don't mind, just give us a little credit, tag us, and uh, let people know that uh, it came from a legit source, uh, at least 13 New England MMA media and uh, promotional members here. So with that said, Drum roll, please. The first four categories, I'm going to throw them up there. We have New England heavyweight pros, heavyweight amateurs, light heavyweight pros, light heavyweight amateurs, women's pound for pound pro, and women's pound for pound amateurs. Up on the screen right now, Lars, man, let's talk about it. Like I said, man. These are the most um, difficult ones to kind of rank since there's so, as you can see, light heavyweight, there's not many to choose from there. So, Lars, let's talk about it, man. Jorgen DeCastro is our number one heavyweight in New England, and uh, as he should be. Let's talk about your opinions on these guys because, uh, you know, you guys do most of the writing and uh, the analytical pot, pots of uh you know, this site. So let's talk about what you're thinking about these rankings and, uh, you know, let's, let's just go with it. Let's talk it up. Yeah. Now, I mean, uh, pro heavyweight, it's kind of a thin division. So we only rank the top five here. Um, you know, I think Jorgen DeCaster is a clear cut number one, you know, he wasn't in our last set of rankings cause he was signed with the UFC at that point. <clears throat> so now that he's back on the regional scene, uh, he picked up a win at CES a few months ago. Um, you know, he's seven and three looking to kind of get back to the big stage. He's, uh, you know, he's a clear cut number one and, um, you know, Domingo Barros, who's his training partner, uh, who, uh, won at premier recently over Ras Hilton, who comes in at number five, um, excuse me, number six, we, we made this in top six, number six, uh, and, you know, Domingo seven and one. So he's got a great record. Obviously those two will probably never fight. Um, but I think this was, uh, you know, a pretty clear cut, uh, ranking here. You know, uh, what do you think, Travis? Yeah, this is a, this is a good one. I mean, I, Ter Terrence, you see him up there. Um, I think of him as more of a light heavyweight, but, uh, he's hung around in that, that heavyweight division before, um, he's beat Ross Hilton. So he deserves to be up there. I think everyone's pretty much slotted where they should be. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I can't really argue it. That's, that's a, that's a pretty cut and dry one. Um, I mean, for the, for the sake of argument and for the sake of fueling something that we've heard on social media before, we should have done 
uh, Tyler King and Ras Hilton 5A and 5B just to see where that put us. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. Than... Yeah, it's funny you mention that because, we're, you know, with these thinner divisions, we did the top five. Um, but when I did the tabulation, it was Tyler at five and Ras at six. And I said, screw it. I'm throwing this one on. I'm throwing six on this one just because we know the talk that's been going back and forth between Tyler and Ras. I'm like, let's put him on there as well. So, you know, five and six, there's been a lot of tripping going back and forth, and we'll see if they have Yeah, might as well throw a can of gasoline on the fire. Yeah, why not? Now, Lars, we're uh, uh, I switched back and forth from the rankings to our beautiful faces, but um, <clears throat> as far as this, were there any um, kind of on here – I know some fighters are possibly signed, um, might have fought for another organization here. How hard was it for, I mean, it, it was kind of tough for us to categorize who could be eligible for these rankings on some some of the divisions, you know what I mean? Some people out there might be going, well, why is this guy on the rankings and why isn't that guy on the rankings? Can, uh, as people are looking this over, uh, these four different uh, weight classes, we'll get to the women too and the light heavyweights, but uh, Lars, explain kind of, uh, you know, how, you know, kind of how that method came up, you know, how you, uh, you made that decision, you know? Yeah. So, so, you know, essentially what we're doing here is if you are a New England-based fighter, you train in New England, um, but you fight outside the region, we're still going to include you in our rankings. There, there aren't many guys that, you know, one comes to mind is Kyle Bochniak. You know, he's a New England-based fighter, but he hasn't fought New England for a while. We still included him in these rankings because he truly is a New England-based fighter. Um, now, if you're based outside of New England, uh, you have to fight inside of the region. And oftentimes it's not just you fight once and you're gone. You know, you need to fight within the region um, within the last year and a half. Or hold the um, belt. Yeah, or hold the belt. Um, and then, you know, we also had to look at if you're signed to the UFC, you're not included. If you have a multi-fight deal with Bellator, you're not included. If you just do a one-off fight with Bellator, we're still going to include you. Um, if, uh, you know, when it comes to activity, we had to put some leniency on that due to COVID. So typically we're looking back a year and a half, two years that you need to need to have been active. Um, you know, some of these divisions we need to, uh, you know, for the pro heavyweights and the, the heavier divisions and the women's, we need to make some exceptions to, to kind of have a full ranking here, but that's, you know, essentially what we did. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to chirp in there cause there was, uh, I mentioned having a belt, George Tokos, is on the light heavyweights. Um, he's from England, I believe. Um, and he came in and won the premier belt against UG. So he's fought one time in new England. Um, but he's, he's been one of those guys regionally, like he's, he's pretty well known. Um, and he, he won the belt against UG. So he ends up, um, on those rankings there. And then, as you mentioned, there's been rumors that Jorgen DeCastro has signed a three fight deal with Eagle FC. Um, which is going to be Khabib's promotion. So um, we'll have to see how we weigh that uh, in the coming months, if he's back on top there, or are we uh, considering that an international promotion or a larger promotion with a three-fight deal, that that might bump him out of the top spot there. But, I mean, we're looking for all we can get to fill the rankings at the heavier uh, weight classes. Um, but we got uh, it, it allows also for guys that are up-and-comers like uh, Yuri Panferov to be ranked 
in a top five um, with only one fight under his belt. But he um, he he kind of deserves that spot. Um, I think I it goes without saying that this actually should bring some shine to some guys who might not get it uh, on a national level. Um, yeah, uh, so I'll, I'll touch on uh, heavy, the heavyweight amateurs real quick too. That's a, that's another tough one. A lot of those guys are Vermont guys that we haven't had a whole lot of contact with. Um, Jeff on top from South Shore Sport Fighting, I believe. So we he's one of those guys. He's fought at Cage Titans, but he won the belt for uh, Rex's promotion, um, Donnybrook. Um, so he's the heavyweight champion um, for Donnybrook. So he belongs on top, in my opinion. He trains out of a nice gym. Um, so yeah, that, those are tough divisions for us. Um, but like I said, I think for as far as the pro ranks go, um, those are people are slotted right where they should be. Um, and and you know, aside from the top couple on the uh, on the amateur side, a lot's up for grabs there. Yeah, and yeah, a lot of I think, I think go ahead, Lars. The, the amateur heavyweights, you know, there's a couple guys on the AMI heavyweights that you know caught my eye and surprised me this year. Uh, who are one and oh. One is Hassan Graham. He's ranked number three. He fought at Premier and beat um, Max Lombardo in a knockout, impressive fashion. Uh, you know, he he was impressive there, so he deserves to be number three. And then also Nayu Shar, who's number seven, uh, he's also one and oh. Uh, he fought at combat zone and laid uh, laid somebody out uh, with a you know, I don't know much about either one of those guys but what i saw in person at those two events they deserve to be on this ranking so two guys who are just one to know but they're getting some shine and uh you know keep an eye out for them and uh you know as we're gonna get to the women now but you know there was like i said over 10 or like maybe a dozen uh people that voted on these or or ranked these people you know some of these fighters, I mean, uh, haven't you haven't seen much of them. So, you know, there's some little difficulties. I mean, unless you haven't fought uh, recent, you're kind of, uh, you know, out of mind, out of sight kind of thing. But, you know, if you really got into these rankings, you looked on topology, even though I don't want to look on topology. But you looked because it shows, like, you know, when they fought and who they fought. And uh, a lot of times... Like you said, Lars, you know, even if you have one or two fights, man, and someone else has four fights, those one or two fights that you have against, you know, 10 times better the opponents than the other guys are going to be factors in the rankings also. Um, I mean, the, the opponent has a lot to do with it also, I think, uh, in these rankings. Yes, I, I agree. You know, it's not just about record. Uh, it's about performance in the cage and potential as well. Um, that that weighs more heavily on me in these regional rankings than records does. Excellent. Well, let's get the women, bro, and uh, then we'll start from uh, the middleweights down. Uh, like we said, the women are kind of hard to uh, do. We last ones we did pound for pound too, because like we said, there is just not enough um, women out there in in divisions and active for us to, to, to make different weight classes. So let's talk about who we have here in the tops. Yeah, Travis, take it. Yeah, no, I'll, yeah, we'll start with the, the pro women, uh, Jesse Miley. Uh, she has to be the number one pound for pound. She's fought Leslie Smith and Bellator. 
Uh, she's a mainstay in Bellator, so she has to go number one um, just because she's the best goddamn woman in New England. Um, after that, Hillary Rose, uh, you know, she fight, she's fought for CFFC. She's fought for uh, CES. Um, she's always a warrior. Um, so we like to have her <laughs> as high up as possible. But I, I, the next one I like to talk about, MMB. Uh, she, she's a tough girl. Um, she's fought for Invicta a couple times, so she belongs right up there. Um, I have to say, and I always say this, for some reason my dark horse in the, as a professional woman is always Kylie O'Hearn. You never know what's going to happen when she makes it back into the cage. She's had a little trouble recently making it to the cage, but uh, she's always that anomaly for me because she's got such a fierce uh, way about her. So uh, she always makes it into my rankings regardless. Um, I think the, the rankings are pretty good here. Um, Maria Rivera uh, comes in at number 10, and that's it's one of those things where she fought at CES twice and looked amazing, looked very, very good. I remember she fought uh, Jessica Sotak and then somebody else. I can't remember the first fight, but she looked absolutely unstoppable, and uh, we've basically lost touch with her. Um, I've reached out to a few people asking where she's been. Um, I don't really know what's going on with her, but if she ever fights in New England again, she could probably be bumped up a couple spots on that list. Um, going down to the women's amateurs, uh, we got some mainstays up top with Ashley Barrett, uh, Adina, um, who hasn't fought in a while, but is a fierce, fierce competitor. So she belongs up there. Uh, Megan Rosado out of, um, uh, she trains with the, Evolution. What is it? Evolution, Evolution Athletics. Athletics. Why can't I think of that? Um, yeah, Evolution Athletics, and she's uh, she's definitely one a very talented individual. We got our own Chelsea Tucker, who uh, hasn't made it to the cage, has been training more on our side of the, the things for a little while. But anytime she steps back in the cage, she's a she's a, a great amateur. But then you go to Aaron Johnson. Aaron Johnson, I honestly think, could be number one on this list. Um, if it weren't for the experience of the other girls, Aaron Johnson's got, uh, you know, the, the one and no record in MMA. She competes in Muay Thai a lot. Uh, you know, she's the, uh, the other side of the Connor Matthews train too. So, um, those two can uh, sharpen each other's, um, skills, uh, together, um, at, at a Lozon's. And I think that's, one girl that we need to really keep our eye on on this list. Yeah, yeah she's I actually a... she's actually fighting on the 22nd for No Boundary again. As you yep. did mention, Travis, she uh, does do some Muay Thai. And she's doing the Muay Thai basically not only to get the hands, you know, to catch up with that ground game she's got, but she ain't able to get fights. I mean, uh, you know, things fall through. I it Just, uh, you know, these, these women, just like we say, that's why uh, it's hard to make a ranking for the divisions for them. Yep. Yeah, there's, you know, there's a couple things that stick out in my mind on these two lists here. So the pro women, uh, one, two, and three didn't change from our last rankings. One, two, three, and four, actually. Um, Glory Watson making an appearance at one and one at seven. Um, you know, Glory's got a lot of hype around her. Um, and then on the amateur side, to, to Travis's point, Aaron Johnson was one I could easily put at number one. Uh, it just, we've only seen her in the MMA cage once, but we know she trains at a legit camp at Lozon MMA. Uh, she's getting experience in Muay Thai right now. Um, you know, another win for her in the amateur ranks and she's easily in the top one, two or three, but Ashley Barrett, her last time out. Wow. That was impressive. Uh, so, you know, 
there just isn't a ton of activity when it comes to the women's division, both pro and AMI. So if you're a woman and you're training and you're thinking about getting a fight, hop in there and see what you got, you know? Um, so, but, uh, you know, these, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see where Aaron Johnson goes from here and what happens with Ashley Barrett too. Uh, on the amateur side, you know, two, three, and four haven't been very active. So there's a lot of opportunity to move around uh, on the amateur woman's side. Excellent, my man. Well, there you go. Six categories down, seven hundred and fifty-five thousand to go. Uh, yeah, we're not. We're gonna try to like not. You know, we put up six categories right there because, as we said, they were the thinner ones. Uh, but now, you know, we we're gonna be talking about the middleweights down, guys. What do you want to do here? Do you want to do all the pro first and then the amateurs? You want me to rotate uh, pro to Amy in each weight class? How you want to go here? I think we do pro to Amy in each weight class. I think we should start with Amy's. Uh, wait, that's not what I or, have. Can we? That's not what I have ready. I have. <laughs> I'm making that... it too difficult. <laughs> I have a uh, middleweight pro ready if you want to talk about that. Oh, first. let's go. Middleweight <laughs> pro. Let's roll it. All right. So hold on. Let me get it up here. So uh, where are we? All right. Let me get Lars's face off that. I hope people can see. Now I'm using the pro version of uh, of this thing. So let's see if that works. So we're going to get the middleweights right now. And uh, guys, let's talk about it. I uh, The middleweights are up right now. So who do we got here? Justin Sumter. Guys. Um, yeah. That, I'm waiting for it to pop up on my screen. Yeah, but, it takes about 20, um, 20, 20 seconds. We're on a 20 second. Yeah, time. yeah. So I got it on my screen here. Uh, uh, number one, Justin Sumter. Um, you know, he, I wouldn't say he's an obvious number one, but, you know, he's one of the first guys that comes to mind. He, um, you know, he wasn't on our last rankings because he was signed with UFC. He's now back on the regional scene. He had a nice win at CES recently. I think, um, and he looked very impressive. He deservedly should be number one. Uh, Tim Karen, uh, you know, longtime mainstay. He's on a little bit of a slide right now. I think he's got maybe a three-fight losing streak. Um, he's still he, w that losing streak. You got to look into it. He's fighting some really tough guys. He fought um, Kyle Stewart on LFA, I believe, yep. which Kyle Stewart's a beast. Um, he also lost in the Contender Series, um, and he most recently fought uh, at Premier, I believe. Yep. And I can't remember who he fought there, but it was another really tough dude. But Tim Karen's a stud. You know, he, he deserves to be up there. And you got Eric Spicely at number three, former UFC guy as well. Um, so those top three, I think, are legitimate. Some third number one, I, I wholeheartedly believe in. He was my number one as well. Uh, and then, you know, going down the list, you know, Pat Casey at number five, uh, he's more of a welterweight, but he kind of fights at middleweight a little bit. And then you got six and seven, Hugh McKenna and Pat McCrowan, who actually just fought each other at CES with McKenna coming out on top. Um, mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, going down the list, one guy I think you want to circle and kind of keep on your radar, a couple, actually two guys, Tommy Lee Davis at number nine and John McNeil at number 10. Both these guys, I think, have some talent and can do some pretty, pretty exciting things here in the future. Tommy Lee Davis, he hasn't fought in a while, but man, that guy's got some skills. And I could see him shooting up these rankings pretty quickly if he gets some activity here in the coming year. 
Excellent. Um, Travis, anything you want to add to that as far as, uh, you know, laws went through them pretty good, but yeah, no, that, that, that pretty much comes up. Um, the one other thing you got Mark Gardner there, his last fight was at welterweight against Nick Alley. Uh, but he, he his, actually, right. actually, that's Zach, that, that's Zach, you Richard. Right. that's Zach Richards, not Mark Gardner. <laughs> yes, that, that's right. I don't even know who Mark Gardner is anymore. It is that good. Inside joke, people. I, 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 I don't know that's what he's that's doing that's on that's this that's list. That's a typo. Uh, so, guys, I think, uh, yeah. um, isn't um, any of these guys uh, ready, have fights lined up? Do you know? Oh. Um, uh, Nothing to move this list on uh, the beginning of the 2020. And uh, like you said, Lars, um, a guy to watch here is Tommy Lee Davis, man. That guy cannot get a fight to save his life. It isn't like he's fishing every week for a fight, but we have tried to get him a matchup because, uh, you know, we've gotten messages about we need a 185er here and there. And things just don't work out for the kid, man. I feel bad, dude, because he is um, a legit a scary dude in there when he's in the cage. Yeah, and he's coming off a long layoff. So, you know, I talked to Sean Lally the other day. Um, there was an opportunity that arose, and I reached out. Sean Lally's pretty much his coach, buddy, training partner. And, um, you know, you know, Tommy uh, has had a little bit of a layoff. So I think they're looking to kind of strategically get him back into the flow of things. Uh, I would suspect it'd be on the regional scene if they could. They're probably going to have to fly somebody in to fight him, maybe. Um, but for him to go take, uh, you know, a fight at Bellator or something like that against the killer with that long of a layoff, it probably doesn't make sense. You know, I don't think he's fought in two years, maybe. So, wasn't uh, since he got knocked out at CES because he got knocked out brutally. Well, at no, CES no, Tom, Tommy. Tommy's last fight, he beat Hugh McKenna. I think he grinded out a winner against him. I do believe. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. But he that that knockout that he suffered. Um, well, yeah, that put a, that put a that put a, a stick in the spokes for Tommy, and I think you yeah. know it was tough for him uh, mentally to come back from that. And uh, I mean, he did. You know what I mean? But uh, that's yeah. tough, man. Going to CES, you're. You're the favorite. You're the hometown guy. Like, and you know that happens, man. But what happens? Shit like that that happens early in your career only makes you stronger, I think. And uh, you know the kid just had bad luck. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean that 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 is a tough one. I but that for some reason, I've seen a bunch of knockouts live. That one kind of sticks in my brain a little bit. Uh, I I don't know if it was because of the amount of hype that was behind Tommy at the time or just the brutality of the the knockout itself but uh that one definitely sticks in my brain every time i see tommy's name i see i think talent and then that knockout i look at the two and one record and i look at that one and i'm just like oh i was there for that yeah it was it, it, it was a definite uh crowd silencer yeah uh so guys man i have uh the middleweight amateurs locked and loaded if you want to get to them uh you ready guys yeah, kick Whoa. it off, Lars. And I'll pick it up when it pops up. They're up now. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was actually a really cool one to do. Um, Spencer Payne retains the number one spot. Uh, he was the number one ranked guy back in the summer of 2020. Uh, he was 3-0 and at the time. He's now 4-0. and 
Uh, he was he fought in the combat zone card back in October. I was there to witness it, and it was a hellish head kick knockout over Carlton Charles. This kid, Spencer Payne, trains under uh, David Ginsburg at Ginsburg MMA. Um, he's a high-level black belt, but his striking is what has impressed me early in his career. Uh, his striking and his footwork is impressive. He hit Carlton Charles with uh, a switch kick head kick that uh was incredible and put him put almost it was a flash knockout but it was hellish and we actually got some video of that and posted it on social media but spencer payne's a scary dude man um i think he's in his early 30s he's got a chance to do something really special um so he deserves to be number one uh number two is a new guy on the scene our own colin robbins robinson uh we actually manage colin robinson he'll be fighting for the cage titans uh, middleweight amateur belt on uh, February 5th against number three, GDO, GDO4, Ojuku. Is that right? Is that the, it sounds right? good to me, Lars. Sounds fucking yeah. perfect <laughs> to me, man. Ojuku. I, it's a tough tough name. But um, GDO4 beat uh, Jeff Reynolds, who's number six, at that same combat zone card that Spencer Payne fought on. And he's a scary dude, man. He's now training at uh, Citadel, I believe. Uh, so Colin Robinson, um, who trains with Iber Hayes over at uh, Team Link Muay Thai in Worcester. Colin's 3-0. No one really knows much about him. He's a Cape Cod kid. Uh, he played football in college. He, uh, he's got his three wins down in Tennessee. Um, he's the Valor fighting middleweight champion. So he's traveled to get his first three fights as an amateur uh, during COVID. So he's been active. And now he's finally getting a shot to fight close to home. He's fighting in Plymouth, Mass, and he's a Cape Cod boy. So he's going to have a ton of people show up. Just a super good kid uh, who's a stud athlete who's evolving. Like I said, he played college football, and he's been training at a Muay Thai gym, but he's also been training uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and he wrestled in high school. That fight between number two and number three is going to be awesome on uh, – on February 5th, the Cage Titans 51 for their amateur middleweight belt. So those top three, I think, are pretty much, you know, set in stone. Um, and then, you know, going down the list, I don't know much about Kenyon Moore. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. But he got votes, and he's 2-0, so, you know, that that makes sense to put him there. But, um, you know, those top three, uh, they should, you know, if they continue to progress, they'll have – successful professional careers too so you know what are your thoughts travis yeah i agree that definitely the top three are the guys that are going to be pushing their way into the pro ranks probably within the next year year and a half uh maybe a little bit less for the the, the number one spencer Payne. but yeah uh the brutal head kick of of carlton charles um drops charles in our rankings a little bit um he, he he's he's a great athlete um uh, he's always one of those guys that comes out and super athletic super pumped super prepared former former college football player um so he he essentially with another win could bump back up there into the top five um but other than that you really can't argue many of these um but top three definitely should should deserves the shine that they have on him and i can't wait for that two against three with robinson against uh judy four yeah, you know, it's it's funny, like, not a lot of people know about Colin Robinson. Um, so I think when you look at the Cage Titans card coming up on February 5th, that fight sticks out to me uh, just because it's 
they're both two big guys for 185. Uh, they're both very athletic. And that's kind of like the sleeper fight of the night, I believe. Uh, I'm really excited to see Colin. Obviously, we're biased. You know, uh, you know, we manage Colin and we're helping him along his career. Um, but I'm really excited to see those two guys throw down in the cage. And it's a small cage at Cage Titans, too. So there's not a lot of room for these two big guys to move around. Well, the la the last fight Colin was supposed to have is he was supposed to jump up to fight the light heavyweight champion at Valor. Um, so this is kind of plays into that whole situation where he's going to fight a bigger guy. Uh, and Judy Four is a bigger guy. Um, it's kind of going to be a, a grapp. It should be a grappler essentially versus striker. Um, it should be a very high level fight for an amateur belt. And I don't know. It's just got it's got the hair on the back of my neck standing up a little bit. Um, I'm ready for this one. Excellent. Well, guys, uh, next on tap will be the welterweight pro rankings, and this is one of my favorite divisions here. Um, we know so many of these fighters. A lot of these fighters have been on the other side of the cage from each other. So this is a very, very um, stacked division here. And if you didn't make, you know, these rankings, you know, look at the the people you're you're up against. I mean, you you could be there next uh, couple of fights. You know what I mean? It's like, but. You know, there's just some people we can't fit. I mean, you are teetering on it, but I mean, you know, there's some divisions that are so stacked. It's self-explanatory why you may not have made the cut this time around. So, guys, here we go, man. We're going to talk about the welterweight pro New England MMA division. Here we go. Your number one guy right there who I believe should have been uh, a, a, a kind of, you know, the man right there is Billy Goff, who has, um, this kid has worked to get where he is. I mean, how old is the kid? Like 22, if that, right? 22, 23. 22, 23. The dude is fought, has never had an easy fight, has always gone against nothing but savages uh, since the kid was 18 years old as an amateur, you know. So, guys, let's talk about this and how excited you are to have a stacked division in New England to represent um, us in the future and now. Yeah, I guess I'll. Yeah, I'll go with it here because um, this is this is a crazy one for me too. I feel like position two through six or seven could could change in a heartbeat. Um, but yeah, Billy got I, I want to, I know people are going to say he's lost to number two, um, but that is at Bellator and a, on a big stage, he lost to decision. No, no, that was at, uh, at reality. I'm at oh, reality. reality. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Same, same, same space. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, Billy Goff is the undoubted number one. Um, he is the cage Titans welterweight champion. He uh, he's finished Marty Navis. He had a hell of a battle with uh, Sean Lally, and he has earned every bit of the number one ranking here, um, regardless of his loss to to Kem. And and no, nothing against Kem. It's it's it, it's just we see, we see this young kid that is, is holding his own with with the best of the region um, on the biggest stages. This is our guy. Um, so you go to number three, Gary Belletto. Um, I feel like he's got a lot to show um 
and I think I might have had Vinny ranked a little bit higher than him. Uh, that so so that's a that was a surprise to me a little bit. Um, John Gotti's another one that that could easily with a, another nice performance plat, uh, put himself up into the top three. Um, yeah, man, this is a stacked weight class. Can I just say yeah. uh, one thing? I mean, as far as Gary Belletto, he's alternating between pro boxing and MMA. He had some time off, but Gary hasn't lost a fight since he lost that fight against um, the the dude that held the the, the CES title, uh, the the welterweight title, Wells. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Wells. Where yeah. where Gary came away with a broken jaw in that fight, uh, a big punch that put him down. You know, had time off uh, to to nurse that broken jaw, but came back um, with a vengeance, boxing, knocking people out. And in the cage, knocking people out. He is under Tyson Chaudier now, which means, you know, as we know, managers can propel you past, you know, if you're in the, the, the fifth fifth rank fighter, they can propel you past the first rank fighter. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. just, it, I want to say, I don't want to say it's who you know, but when you're that talented and you have a manager uh, behind you, man, you're going to get a push that others may not get. And I'm looking for, like, as far as Gary Belletto, just his performance in the ring and the cage and uh, just the backing behind him. Um, I, I like where he is in this rankings, but I think he's going to be that next guy uh, with his next fight uh, to, to, to get to the next level, I think. Yeah, and, and I think... Um... You know, Boleto, I think he's had two fights since he's come back, and he's been impressive in both of them. So he's yeah. definitely moving up the rankings. I've heard some rumblings about maybe Goff versus Boleto um, here in the near future. So if they could make that fight, that'd be a, that'd be a badass fight, number one versus number three. Um, you know, this is, I think, one of the deepest weight classes in our region. You know, if you go down this list, when you got, you know, John Gardy and Marty, Marty Navis at six and seven, they're both five and one. That's impressive, man. And you know, Nick Alley, he's a legitimate fighter. Um, at you know, at, at number 10, that's crazy. Um, yeah. you know, Billy Goff deservedly, I think, should be number one after what he's done recently since you know, uh, we've come back from COVID. So two wins in Bellator also. Yeah, two exactly. wins in Bellator. So that, that kid's a stud and he's young, and he's got a really good shot to to make it to the next level and make some moves. You know, Vinicius de Jesus was the former number one. Uh, I think he's on a three-fight skid uh, against some really tough competition. Yeah. So, obviously, that bumped him down. We still feel like he's a very talented fighter that, that's still got some years in him. Um, it just maybe he wasn't taking the right matches at the right times. So, uh, he fell a little bit in the rankings. And, and then Pat Casey, who after... You know, going on the three-fight skid, he lost to UG at 185. Then he lost twice in Bellator. One of those is a split decision, but he's come back now with two wins at Premier. Um, so he's kind of got the momentum going again. Uh, this is a really fun division. And Pat Casey, to mention him, he's in two divisions. He's ranked in two divisions, so that's impressive. Uh, we don't have many of those. We have a couple, but uh, if you're ranked in two divisions – that means you're active, and that means uh, you're valuable. You can fight in uh, in a lot of different spots and predicaments and late notice if needed. Yep. So, guys, um, what else do I want to say? Anything else about – oh, all right. 
I want to touch on that Gary Belletto against Billy Goff because speaking to Billy Goff on his last interview with me um, before, uh, I think it was bef even before he won that title, he wants all titles. He want he spoke about the CES title and wanting that title. So you uh, you s talking about the rumors about that matchup uh, with Gary Belletto is very believable because I know Billy has been really wanting that title. Um, but, you know, Cage Titans might have a little say in that, wanting him to come defend that title. So um, there's a lot of options for Billy in the future. He could go back to Bellator. I mean, Billy, like we said, he's 23 years old. He's under a great gym. Uh, they, he could call his own shots. He can fight regionally, he can go to Bellator, I would imagine. But, um, you know, Spence is going to give him the best opportunity to get him to the next level because the kid has paid his dues. He doesn't need to, um, you know, stay around if he has another opportunity elsewhere. So uh, kudos to all these uh, monsters on this fucking welterweight list. Yeah, man. So it's, Absolutely. A, it's a deep, fun division here in the region. All right, guys. So um, let me get it up to, uh, let me find it while you guys are sitting there waiting for me to find it so we're going now amateur uh welterweight now right yep all right let me yeah it. travis take this one i gotta go grab my uh my charger my computer's about to die all right uh re read them off to me steve because it hasn't popped up on my yeah, end yet but I let's have, uh, I let's put it up yet hey, wait, hold on where the frig is I, i'm blind <laughs> oh there it is okay hold on hold on all right Here we, we need go. our producer yeah, we. I know, but I like being I like being Jamie and Steve at once, and uh, trying to yeah. be Joe Rogan. So here we go, Travis. It is Jack Congdon, who yep. is number one amateur welterweight in New England. Let's talk about it, Travis. He is Cage Titans welterweight amateur champion. Um, it's a no brainer. The kid is a fucking beast. Yeah, absolutely. That it, it, he's a stud. Um, there's no question about it. Uh, he looks the part, uh, he plays the part. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that he, he, he should be number one in the division, um, or in the region. Um, let's see other, others, uh, Mar Martin Thompson, this, this guy's, this is a cool one. Uh, four and oh, um, he, he, he just fought at premier recently, put on a heck of a show, got a lot of fan base behind him. Um, so he, he falls into the number three spot there. Um, Kyle Silent Hill from Nostos MMA, two and zero. He picked up two wins um, down in Florida, um, and and he trains under Devin Powell over there at Nostos. So he's one of those uh, guys that we haven't necessarily seen on the regional scene here in New England, um, but has picked up two wins uh, during the COVID uh, pandemic down in Florida. So he's got to watch. Uh, Duncan Smith uh, shows up here, a uh, a champion. Um, in a couple promotions, he was an NEF champion. He was also the combat zone champion, just suffered a tough loss to a really tough kid with a lopsided record. Uh, the, the Dexter kid, uh, Mike, I can't think Mike of his name. Oh, no, um, uh, uh, Austin uh, Shala. Austin Shala. Yeah, Austin Shala. Austin picked up his third win. I think he's 3-10 and 10 now. But against Duncan Smith, that's a, that's a big one. But Duncan Smith still deserves to be up there because he's been in there with some real tough dudes. So, yeah. Um, a pretty pretty uh, top heavy division here with Jack Cognon uh, and Zach Faulkner. Um, now, one yeah, thing can I add? Can I add in Zach Faulkner? 
will be fighting Mike Murray at uh, NEF 46, correct? And Mike Murray is not in this um, the welterweight division. Can you explain that? Because he is showing up somewhere else um, down the line yeah. in this podcast. His, he, his last fight in the region was a uh, lightweight title fight against Zach Richard, I believe. Or was it Mark Gardner? Or was it Zach Richard? His last fight in the region was against a uh, South Shore guy um, at Tim Burke. Oh yeah. yeah Birkenhead. But uh, he, but he's, he, yeah, he's, but, he's but been let, at, me, um, let me say one more thing. I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, but like brain, nope. you know, light bulbs are going off. <laughs> but Mike Murray traveled to Florida the week after and redeemed himself that loss and won yep. in another promotion in another state. Uh, the following week. Yeah. Yes, yeah, he mean, did. Mike Murray's an interesting cat, man. He's, uh, I think he's out of the Marines now. Yeah. But he was in the Marines for a while. And I think he's fought all the way down to 45. Um, yep. If I'm not mistaken. So the fact that he's finding a home at 170 now, I'm, you know, I'm a little nervous because looking at him in the cage, he doesn't look too big. Maybe he's put on a lot of muscle. He's a tall uh, that that kid's a tall lanky. big kid. Lanky. Yeah. He's a he has a lot of uh a lot of wingspan to fill in. Yeah, no, I get that. But you know, he was also controlled uh pretty easily by Zach Richard in that fight. You know, and that was at one fifty five. Yeah. So what does that tell me if he goes up to one seventy? If somebody wants to grapple him and wrestle him. How's he going to be able to handle that? I'm a little nervous. I know he obviously doesn't like the weight cut, but you know, if you want to be an effective pro at 170, you got to be walking around at 190, 195. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if 170 is the right division for Mike Murray. I, I, it's interesting to see, but uh, regardless, I think you know Jack Conn and Zach Faulkner, two studs. Uh, I would love to see them fight each other. Uh, maybe a cage Titans or Neff or something like that. That'd be a, that'd be a fun fight. Excellent guy. I do want to bring up one thing too, that, that Steve almost brought up. Um, Mike Bazanson doesn't make it on either of these lists because he has now made the decision to go pro. Um, he was at the top. Uh, he's always been on top of this. He was on the top of our last rankings, I guess. Um, yeah. So, so he kind of falls out of, out of the, the spotlight here, but, it's not because of any fault of his own. He's turning pro, um, and he would definitely take that top spot had he been around. But uh, we could not, we couldn't put him there. Uh, he's gonna be, yeah. he's gonna be a pro. He's been destined to be pro for years now. Um, we've known it for a little while, so uh, he'll probably be on those rankings uh, in the near future. Yeah, good, good point, Travis, because Zanson's a stud, and um, you know he just is in a spot in his career where. I think he was 7-0 as, as an amateur, uh, but then he announced he was going pro. So once somebody announces they're going pro, we kind of remove them from the amateur rankings. But if, um, you know, if, if he was still in the, you know, didn't announce his desire to go pro or, or plan to go pro, he, he definitely would have been on top of this list. Okay, people out there, if you see me like bending over, coming out, of, I'm, I'm just trying to get the next thing up here. I'm Jan Jamie from... The podcast. I'm the guy in the corner there. If uh, listen, I'll say this before uh, we go to that next category. If there's anyone out there, as far as like someone taking uh, you know, an intern, want you know, somebody that's into um, engineering, 
producing, anyone that knows how to press a fucking button on a keyboard, I would love to have you in the corner of my room here, maybe heckling me every so often, telling me, I, Steve, you, you, you're wrong. That's a, I would love to have somebody in the corner with me. It's a huge commitment, but I must say I'm fun as fuck. Um, you'll get known for making me better as a podcaster. And uh, man, I'll fucking promote and support you like no one ever has in your life as far as making a career in podcasting. So with that said, let's get to our next fucking category. Uh, it is All right. the lightweight pro division. So um, guys, I'm flashing it up right now. Lars, I'm going to let you start it off. Joe! Giannetti yeah. is back at number one, man. Let's talk about it, guys. We're we're getting into the into the meat now. These <laughs> um, some of the the more the deeper divisions in the region. Um, you know, this one is really interesting for me. Um, again, an extremely deep division, pro lightweight in the region. Joe Giannetti retains number one, but it was by the slimmest of margins. Ali Zebian was neck and neck with him um and the great part about this is that these two after zebian beat number three peter barrett at cage titans he called out gianetti and they were eyeing to line up that fight uh for a belt and then zebian went and fought in the premier lightweight tournament and won that um so this you know ali zebian has impressed me man the, the, the kid's a stud um He's just a grinder. He's got solid striking. He's really good grappling. He's a solid athlete. He's not the biggest lightweight, but he competes, man. You cannot run through Ali Zebian. Uh, obviously, we know a lot about Joe Gianetti. Um, he'll be fighting for the Cage Titans lightweight belt. No, against well, he'll be, he'll be defending the he'll belt. Be, excuse me. You're right. Yeah, he'll be defending the Cage Titans lightweight belt against number seven, Jacob Bone. Uh, on February 5th in the main event. So that would be a great, great scrap. Um, you know, I really, you know, I had Zebian number one on my list uh, and I had Giannetti number two. Um, the numbers were really close. It really could have gone either way, but, you know, Giannetti just squeaked out. Uh, so those number one and number two right there, I think are, are deserved. I'd love to see those two go at it. Uh, then obviously you got Peter Barrett at number three who lost to Zebian. Josh Harvey, um, who we haven't heard, he fought at NEF recently, but he hasn't been super active. Guy's got a ton of talent. Um, you know, it's just, uh, I think he needs to fight some tougher competition to get some more recognition. Like a guy who's eight and one should probably knock it on the UFC's door. The reason I don't think he's there is because he hasn't fought the toughest competition throughout his career. Uh, he needs to step up his level of competition in order to get recognized by the bigger promotions to get that opportunity to get to the next level. So hopefully we'll see that in uh, the next few fights from Josh Harvey. Um, and then Zach D. Sabatino at number five, man, the guy's a grinder. Uh, just came over, came off a big win at Cage Titans recently. He's eight and two. Like, I'd love to see Harvey and D. Sabatino go at it, to be honest. And then one guy, actually there's two guys on here who I thought um could be ranked higher like just in, in terms of potential i think they could be up in the top three and that's eddie george and caleb hall both undefeated at four and oh eddie george 
I've seen pretty much every one of his fights in his career, amateur and pro. As an AMI, he lost a few, but he's evolved incredibly over the last few years. Um, in predominantly fighting under the CES banner, and he's been super impressive in his last few fights, man. Like the, the kid's a killer. I'm I'm really impressed by Eddie George and Caleb Paul. Um, kid's a beast. Kid is a grappling beast. I think he's four now at NEF. And you know, when you choke out a BJJ black belt and John Ortolani, uh, that, that tells you something about his grappling. He's a two-time state champion wrestler in Maine. He now trains at Syndicate MMA out in Las Vegas. Caleb Paul is a scary, scary dude who could easily be anybody on this list. And he so, will be he'll he'll be fighting um just like Joe Gianetti uh in a you know in a month. Yeah, he'll yep. be fighting NEF. Uh I don't know if you know his opponent yet. Um I hope it's a little bit tougher competition than his last fight, but you know. Caleb hasn't taken the easiest path to his 4-0. Uh, he beat CJ Uwer, who is who is a legitimate uh, fighter in Maine. He also choked out John Ortolani, who's a BJJ black belt, who's got 30 fights under his belt. So yeah. uh, Caleb Hall's no joke, man. If there's if there's two guys on those, this list that said that you told me I had to invest money in to get to the UFC and make a legitimate career, um, there's a few guys. But I'd say Ali Zebian, Eddie George, and Caleb Hall. And, you know, Josh Harvey just needs to show me a little bit more in terms of his level of competition. Uh, I'd like to throw in that Jacob Bond, who comes in at number seven, will be fighting Joe Giannetti at Cage Titans for that lightweight belt, man. Um, as far as this fight, we do know that, um, you know, Jacob Bond is a grind, grinding jiu-jitsu guy that loves to hit the mat. But he'll grind with you on the feet also. He is the reality fighting lightweight champion. Um, fought for Premier in their tournament. Didn't come away with, uh, you know, he lost a decision. But um, he's out there grinding and he's back to uh, get that get that title against Joe, man. And it's a fight that was supposed to happen at their last card, but uh, Joe um, had um, some issues and we um, pushed it to 2022 man that's a great fight right there yeah and it, you know um just to let everyone know we also managed jacob bone uh we were able to get him this fight on this stage and you know he's coming off a loss at bellator uh, against a tough kid but jacob is incredibly talented he's got a ton of experience um and now he's got a full fight camp to prepare for this. So his cardio is going to be on point. And, uh, you know, you can't put Jacob Bone away easily. And uh, he's going to take the fight to Joe Giannetti. And it's going to be fun to watch those two go at it in the main event. Excellent, guys. Um, I'm going to flash. Well, I'm going back and forth. But is there anything? No, yeah, Travis, what are your comments on the, on this division? I'm curious. And, and one thing I, I want to know is, you know, Bruce Boynton fell to number 10. I think he was two. two or, or last um, but he just hasn't been active. Um, he's 43 or whatnot. So, you know, what are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts on this are very similar to the to yours. Um, if I had to pick three guys to invest my money in, um, they'd be the same, probably the same three you guys, you had mentioned. Um, Caleb Hall, yeah, uh, he, he was trending in that right direction. Um, 
Sean Ray wasn't really the, the, the guy I was looking for um, for him to fight, but uh, let's hope they put a little bit of a challenge in front of him here at NEF. Um, Eddie George uh, really falls into the category or really hasn't beat, beat anyone yet, um, but the people he have beat, he's beaten brutally um, with his fists. So, um, well, for the most part, he, he uh, I believe, does own submission victories too, but it's, become, it's come started standing where he's beat the shit out of somebody and then strangled them on the mat. So yeah, he's one guy I would definitely uh, uh, invest some money into. And Harvey, like you said, um, was trending in the right direction. This guy that he just fought, uh, supposedly a real experienced uh, combat sports guy, didn't know a lot about him, Brazilian dude. Um, but he had fought uh, Jesse Erickson in the past. He, he got the win against Jesse Erickson. That's a big feather in his cap. But yeah, yeah he, he, I would he lost, like. He lost to Erickson. That's his one. He lost to Jesse Erickson. Sorry. Wow. Jesus Christ. What are you dipping? Yeah. What are you dipping into yeah, your stash you for, over sorry, there? Thank you for correcting me. Uh, Jesse's never gonna let me live that down. But um, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, he. But the, there is some experience level there uh, fighting Jesse Erickson. Um, so it hasn't all been cans. Um, but yeah, come out and show something. I mean, he he fought Gianetti, and that was like the biggest fight around for the longest time. And uh, the draw really left you wondering about uh, about Harvey. Um, and I think yeah. we're still at the point where we're wondering about him a little. Okay, bit. Uh, I was a judge for that fight, and Harvey definitely won that fight. So yeah, uh, I will I will die on that hill. All right, guys. Before we move to the lightweight amateur um, rankings, I want to just. Uh, you know, say one last thing about that lightweight rankings. Peter Barrett has impressed me. I mean, he had that fight against Ali. It was a split decision. Um, Peter 100% thinks he won that fight. Um, that was a big fight right there. That was a teetering fight for Pete coming back from the UFC. Um, Peter's fought nothing but elite fighters, Ali Zebian being one, Pete being in the UFC, um, fighting, having three fights there, I do believe, was it three fights, uh, one on on uh, the contender and two, um, two legit fights for the UFC, but anyway, he's he fought elite fighters, he came back, he lost that decision against Ali, he came back after that fight, and he destroyed, destroyed a man from Hawaii there. Yes. Yeah. Spencer um, Haiga. Yeah, Haiga. Um, I'm loving Peter Barrett right now as far as just his um his grit and his his um he he's just very confident in himself that he performed in the last three losses. You know, the fights, you know, he was in every one of those fights, man, and I think Peter at number three is exactly where he he should be, and Peter can fight anyone on this list, and it would be a high profile fight. Yeah, I, I think you know Peter's obviously fought some serious competition. Uh, the fight with Ali was a hell of a fight, back and forth. Could have gone either way. I personally scored it for Ali. Um, I know Peter disagrees with that, um, but. Uh, you know, Peter's not done with his career by any means. He's got a shot. You know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not sure if this had ever happened, but you know, we want to see Ali versus Giannetti, but could Barrett versus Giannetti ever happen? 
that fight was uh you know Barrett had oh, yeah. Barrett had a lot of verbal wars with Joe and uh you know Joe something happened with that matchup Peter ended up fighting Zach Debesab and uh put a put a real big hurting on Zach so there is probably something brewing in the back that you know depending on what happens in this next fight with joe and i would think pete might need another fight under his belt uh you know to maybe make that match up happen if giannetti comes away with a win uh you know in the summertime or something like that i mean depending you know if uh jacob comes out with a win we could have uh jacob against fucking uh peter barrett fight sometime in the summer man this division has a lot of potential for a lot of matchups, depending on what happens on uh, February 5th. Yeah, and you know what kind of throws a wrench into all this <clears throat> is, you know, Zebian fought for Cage Titans. They wanted him back. He went to premiere in the lightweight tournament because there was a good amount of money on the line there, so you, you, you can't blame him for that. Uh, and he likes to fight for premiere, and he holds their belt now, so they kind of have him uh under wraps but i'm not sure what's going on with premiere um yeah. i've heard rumblings that they may be done so i'm not sure what's going on we haven't seen a post from them on social media since before thanksgiving their last show there weren't many fans there um you know if this is it for premiere you know tip of the cap you guys had a great career but you know where does that put ali zebian um it's interesting. Uh, I'm sure Paul Vare would love to have Ali back in the Cage Titans cage, and maybe this is the opportunity if, if Premier is taking some time away. Excellent, man. A lot of potential happening for matchups in that division heading into, uh, you know, the, th the, the first third of uh, 2022 year. So with that said, guys, let's move to the lightweight amateur um, um, rankings here. Lars, one thing you mentioned about, you know, guys turning pro, you mentioned Bazanson had said that, um, you know, he was turning pro, so we didn't put him on the list. There's another guy that is on the list, and he was teeter-tottering, uh, turning pro from the lightweight uh, amateur division. And I think he actually is turning pro now, but even though, you know, let's, let's talk about this. So the lightweight amateurs and... Who should be number one in New England as an amateur is who is it, Lars? I'll let you uh, let you. Moel Kanani. Yes, there we go. Moel Kanani, nine and one. Um, yeah, so this is uh, an interesting one because I just mentioned that Bazanson wasn't included on the amateurs. He declared he went pro. Mohammed Al Kanani recently declared he's going pro. It but when he did that, we had already had our our, our votes out. Uh, we were starting to get votes back in, and then that came to light. And it was just too late to pull him off. It would have kind of just messed everything up. Uh, but, you know, Mo has said that he is going pro. Uh, so technically, you could pull him off the list and bump everybody up one if you wanted to. Uh, but, you know, for uh, for argument's sake, we're going to leave him on and, and have some fun with it. But, yeah, Mo Kanani by far, in a way, is, is the best lightweight in New England. Um, the, the kid striking his hands, his boxing... Uh, is some of the best boxing I've ever seen at the amateur ranks. Um, you know, what he did to uh, number four, uh, Nuri Abrar, uh, at Cage Titans was 
an impressive thing. He ran through him with his hands uh, in quick fashion. Mo Kanani has a shot to go to the next level and make a serious, serious impact. Uh, and I hope he does. Um, but, you know, to be honest, if Kanani really wants to do that and he wants to get to the UFC and be a high-level fighter, he's going to have to move out of Maine and he's going to have to go to a gym with uh, some training partners that can really challenge him. So um, I don't think he's there yet. Maybe we're talking in a year or two. Uh, but right now, um, you know, he's a scary, scary dude, and he's fun to watch fight, and he's a good dude. So, uh, Maul Kanani, number one, by far and away. Excellent. You, yep. Travis? I mean, you could put Mo Kanani number one, pound for pound amateur fighter, probably in New England. Um, this guy's insane. Uh, like Lars said, uh, the beating he put on uh, Nuri Arbar was he, he, scary. He might be one of the best uh, amateur lightweights in the country. Yep. Yeah, I, 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 I would, I would go as far as Like, I don't know much about amateur lightweights, but like seeing his skills in person for many years, he could be one of the best uh, lightweight Amis in the country. Yep. I would definitely agree with that. Um, I just remember him putting Nuri in that corner and hitting him with probably a, co a combination that was probably five or six strikes deep before Nuri folded and man <laughs> that was insanity i remember that i could i was looking my angle i was right at nuri's face and i could just see that he uh, separated him from consciousness and um it, it was pretty crazy but uh i want to mention a couple of guys on this list um devin corson at 10 um that kid could uh it could do some damage in the lightweight division he's a strong dude he hasn't fought for a while um i know he was dealing with the loss of his dad um and that hit him pretty hard but he's been in the gym again and i'd really like to see him back in action because he's one of those guys that's really brought it he's fought some guys he fought zach richard um he, or he was going to fight zach richard i should say um he he's just another one of those guys i see a three and one that could move up here um mike murray there's your guy at, at number five mike murray um again could be put on the welterweight division, but uh, it is a strong statement at five here. Um, but this is a pretty good list. Dylan Felion, uh, seven and two. He's a guy out of Vermont. Um, hasn't really fought many people that we've known, but a seven and two record, um, and he's been pretty active. Um, so he deserves to be in the top ten here. Let's um, uh, let's uh, the mule. Uh, the mule, Nate White. Yeah, that's, Nate what White. I, that's what I was getting to. Yeah. Uh, making America great again, Nate White. <laughs> I love yep. him. Let's go, Brandon. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's definitely number one if you take Kanani off there with that five and zero record. But but isn't uh, he's in the comments right now? But who who little... who? Nate White. Oh, I New love York. my. That's my boy. I love that kid. Yeah. Isn't he? Uh, he's in the military. Um, yes. I think he's stationed somewhere else now. So I'm not sure how active he is in training, and we might not see him locally here for a little while. But obviously a five and zero record, um, you know that that has validity at number two. It is yep. it, so. I'd love to see the mule back soon. So Nate, if you're in the comments, let us know when you're coming back. What should we expect from you? A um, couple guys on here that kind of caught my eye that I think you should keep an eye on. Both Nostos guys, uh, RJ Janicek at yep. number three, has looked super impressive uh, in his two fights, and then also Ben Grady uh, at two and zero. I, um, those guys obviously training under Devin Powell at Nostos 
in Summersworth, New Hampshire. I think you got to keep an eye on both those guys. Uh, but RJ Janicek, when you when you watch him fight uh, as a two and zero Ami, he's a guy to kind of keep an eye on. He's got some potential, um, so keep an eye out for him. Excellent. And Nurden, as we spoke, um, you know, he had a tough task with Kanani. Uh, so Nurden, I saw yeah, but he's still, he's still the ammo lightweight champion. So he can, and, I mean, and uh, I think he might be a uh, reality. He might be something for reality too. So um, he's also fighting Muay Thai. He just fought at Lion Fight uh, that I watched him fight, and he fought a beast coming out of um, Hard Knocks, uh, Hard Knocks in Boston there. And um, Flavio, so the kid's not afraid to get in there. I think he's got another fight, either for um, no boundary again, or he's got another fight in an MMA promotion coming down the line. Because I saw his name flashed somewhere as far as a matchup. I can't recollect it, but I know talking to him in in, in his last interview and um, at Lion Fight at his last fight, the kid is staying hungry. He wants the best fights, the hardest fights. Because as he said, when he gets to the pro level, he wants no surprises. Yeah, and, and I think um, I haven't seen Nuri fight much. Um, I saw him obviously against Kanani, which is a tough task. But uh, he did miss weight pretty badly against Kanani. And I believe he also might have missed weight for his Muay Thai fight. Uh, so that's, you know kind of a, a question mark or, or an issue maybe you need to keep an eye out. Does he have to bump up to 170? I don't know. Um, you know and Nate White just mentioned the comments. Training at Victory MMA in San Diego. Killers here. I will fight sometime in 2020, 2022 for NEF. There we go. The mule's coming back. Hee-haw. That's my boy. I like that kid. He's a good kid, man. He's a really good <laughs> kid. Yeehaw. I mean, they're all good kids. I mean, everyone's a kid to me. I'm like fucking 700 years old. So, I mean, you guys are like guys and ladies and, and dudes out there. You're like my children at this point. So, Steve, Steve can I ask you, are you getting ARP uh, uh, stuff in the go, mail yet? Go fuck yourself, Lars. Yeah. And I, and I refuse it. I put refuse on the fucking thing. And it comes right back to me at the post office. <laughs> all right, guys, man, we're moving. To pro Let's go. featherweight. Starting to get interesting. Of New England MMA. I think we're down to uh this uh, six left. This is our sixth right here. So uh man, let's uh let's run through these, even though we want to spend time on them. But uh man, let's keep people uh eating popcorn through this. So here we go. The featherweight New England MMA rankings. Here we go. Don Shameless Don Shanus. Number one. Professional featherweight in New England, man. I love myself some shameless nation, guys. Uh, let's talk about it. Uh, Travis, you're up. Oh, man, I'm, I'm still waiting. You got that poster for me? It's coming up right now. Oh, here hey, we go. Hey, here listen, we go. No, um, I'm going to go take a pee. I, I got this it. Is going. I got it. <laughs> um, yeah, Don Shanus, number one. Um, I think... A little bit surprising to a lot of people is going to be Nate Gareeb, but they're the people that did not watch him fight Tom Pagliarulo in his last fight against at CES, um, which was a great fight back and forth. Uh, Nate with the broken toe, biting down on that mouthpiece, taking anything that Tom could feed him and, and feeding it back times two. Um, so I think that's the big surprise here. I don't think anyone's surprised Shanus is on top. Um, and like Lars had mentioned earlier in the show, we got Bokniak on there. Um, 
no longer fighting for the UFC, but he's fighting regionally. Um, so he hasn't been active inside the region, but we got him up there because he belongs there. Um, then we got 4-0 Connor Matthews. Um, Connor Matthews just has trouble getting people showing up. Um, he could easily be five, six, seven and zero at this point. Um, if people would just show up to fight his ass, but, uh, for some reason when the, the rubber meets the road, they forget his address or they forget where to find Memorial hall. Um, then we go down to Pagliarulo. Um, honestly, he, without that, that loss against Garib, he could be anywhere on this list too. Very talented. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to see him up there. Then we got Bruce again, Lars mentioned inactivity is keeping him from uh, pushing back up towards the top of the ranks. Um, Dylan Lockard, another, another uh, guy who's inactivity is pushing down a little bit there. Um, it goes actually for the last four really on this list is just due to inactivity allowed some of these uh, prospects to move their way up the list. So like I mentioned, Pagliarulo and, and, and Garib, um, but there, Seven, eight, nine, and ten on this list are as grizzled the vet, uh, veterans as you can get, pretty much. Um, but it's cool to see some of these guys uh, pop up on, uh, you know, over them. It's gonna, this is gonna create some buzz. I, I think this particular weight division could create some buzz because um, there's gonna be some of these uh, veterans that aren't happy that some of these younger kids have bumped up above them, but. Yeah, that's what uh, can I just can I jump in there? One name that I am very excited to see on there is Connor Matthews, four and zero. Oh, and we talked about that, Lars. As far as like the record, uh, we don't just go by how many fights you have. There's a lot that goes into that. The potential, um, Connor hasn't fought the greatest talent out there, but it hasn't been lack of trying. He's had a couple of real hard fights scheduled in the, you know, the last three three months or so that have fallen out for the guy. Um, he's looking to get more fights under his belt to, to, to get out there. He's one of the most, I have to say, probably the most popular fighter on the list. And um, the sky's the limit for this kid. I'm so happy he's at number four. Um, as you mentioned yeah. before, uh, Travis, he's, um, um, he's a couple with... Um, with um, Go ahead. Aaron Johnson. Aaron Johnson. And uh, like you said, shopping each other's swords. Good looking couple. Yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, right? I want to be, the, be the godparent of their baby. Let me tell you, because yeah. I'll be in pictures that are going to be on fucking GQ and People Magazine someday. So, guys, let's let, let's talk about a little about Connor Matthews, and we'll go through, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep going with the list here and move on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think... Um, I think Don, uh, Shameless Nations in the chat, by the way. Uh, I think Shanus was number three on our last list. And uh, I think uh, if I remember correctly, we had Matt Bissett number one and maybe Bruce Boynton number two. Uh, and Shanus was number three. So obviously with Bissett retiring, he's gone. Boynton being inactive and being 43, he drops. Uh, and Shanus... Uh, you know, he's uh, one and one since those rankings. You know, he fought Nate Williams at Cage Titans at a higher weight class than he should have been fighting. Uh, he had a very impressive victory in his last fight at Cage Titans. And now he's actually going to be fighting for the Cage Titans featherweight belt against uh, one of the guys we represent for full contact management, uh, Shane Manley out of Syracuse, New York. Um, Shane Manley's five and five, but he is a tough son of a bitch 
and that will be a very fun fight to watch. That's that's a fight that I cannot wait to see. Don Shanus versus Shane Manley. And the reason Shane's not on this list is because he hasn't fought in the region in a while. Um, so that'll be a hell of, hell of a fight. And then, um, you know, Nate Garib at number two. That that was one. You you could easily flip-flop number six and number two. You could easily flip-flop Tom Pagliarillo and Nate Garib, depending on how that fight went and who yeah. was declared the winner, right? Um but Nate Kareeb has really impressed me recently. And that fight against Pagliarulo, which we were at, um, you know, Kareeb had a nasty toe injury. And it turns out, actually, Pagliarulo broke his toe as well. It was it was the fight that just broke a bunch of toes. <laughs> um, and uh, so, but Nate Kareeb has really impressed me. He's a grinder, man. Like, he definitely handled Pagliarulo. It was a close fight. But um, I thought Pags was going to have his way with him. But, I get, you know, he, he showed up. I actually had Kyle Bochniak a little bit higher than this, too. And we can't underestimate Bochniak. He's a former UFC guy who probably shouldn't have been cut from the UFC when he was cut. Uh, but now he hasn't fought in the region for a while. He's been fighting down south, I think, for XFC. Rattled off a few wins. ton of experience. I'd love to see him fight back in New England at some point in time. Uh, but those top three are legit. And even Connor Matthews, uh, Connor Matthews de- de- debuted on our rankings when he was one and zero at number 10. Uh, so he's rattled off three wins since then. It hasn't been against the best competition, but we're looking beyond that. We're seeing the potential of Connor Matthews in what he can actually do and his physical traits inside the cage. He has a difficult time getting fights and locking up fights. Um, you know, just, you know, it's tough. He's he's a killer. People see his physique and former military guy, and I think they get a little scared. You know, I think um, uh, rumor has it he's fighting at CES March 4th. So hopefully they bring in some legit competition for him to show what he really has. Uh, but, you know, I, I love this this top five right here, this top six. Can uh, can I yeah. add something about Nate? Uh, Nate, I think, is uh, 3-0 and in his last three fights for um for CES. It might he might even be four and oh for them. I've seen Nate fight uh as an amateur when he was fighting at reality fight against Matt Benya Benya. Um he's been a grinder ever since I've seen this kid. Um he's his evolu- the evolution of his game is uh is just it's taking off now. He's getting confidence in himself and you see it in uh not as in his last fight of course he got the confidence fighting Pags. But the fight before that, when he just put an onslaught on his opponent in there and CES just made a big highlight reel of the kid, launches his, um, not only his, um, you know, his psyche and what's going on in his mind, but it puts his stock up there. It looks like CES is, uh, you know, has a liking for this kid. Did, didn't he, didn't Grieve stop the kid by via leg kicks? What, what wasn't that how he, how what, he uh, yeah yeah i think yeah i think yeah, so it was, it was impressive man like the, the kids you know i i've talked to him a few times uh but his recent fights like he's get a pretty he had a solid amateur career um but his last few fights he's progressed so much in those few fights that it, he's caught my eye like the, there's something about the kid he doesn't have the best physique he's got a sweet dad bod like i do <laughs> but um you know, he's got will, he's got heart, he's got technique, and you are not going to run through this kid. I mean, he, he can 
he definitely has a shot to make it uh, to the next level. Speaking yeah, of that. Yeah, he's heavy-handed. Heavy, heavy-handed. Yeah, um, and, and he's not afraid. I mean, he, he uses his leg kicks to, uh, you know, meter his his hands, man. And he does it well. And he always has that grinding that grinding grappling game, too, if he needs it. I mean, he, I mean, he'd rather get up on his feet, but that kid can grapple and uh, get out of trouble if he needs to off the ground. You know, he's a smart kid. He's got a super high fight IQ, which uh, only five fights into your career, like, or six fights into your career is impressive. He He's definitely, um, he's smart when he gets in there. He, he knows what he's doing. And, and honestly, I think his fight IQ is what won him that fight against Tom Pax. Uh, one last thing about him, as far as me, I did when I interviewed him after that fight, I must say, uh, my interview, and I meter a lot of fights out of how many people support them and, uh, you know, the, the buzz around him. I interviewed Nate, uh, Nate uh, right after that, right after that fight, the week after, and his interview with me got like three to four times more views than like the, the, the majority of the people I'm interviewing. That means... People are paying attention to him and their supporters out there sharing the stuff because they wanted to get this kid heard. And speaking with him in that interview, he said he would be back. He had to get, you know, a little band-aid put on that toe. It wasn't as bad as it actually looked, but it was bad enough to uh, put him on the sidelines for a little while. So he said he's getting a little rest. He'll be back. uh, You might see him, who knows, March or sometime uh, early summer. But he said he will be back taking some time off because uh, the kid's been grinding uh, three or four fights. I think the only guys on this list we know we have fights locked up are Don Shanis, Connor Matthews, and I think that's it. Connor Matthews? What, he's not locked up, is he? Does he have a fight uh, coming? All looks right. like March 4th, CES. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no. He, he, he's, he's, made a comment. All right. he's made a comment on social media saying he's fighting March 4th. I know CES's next event is March 4th, so I'm putting two and two together there. Excellent, guys. Well, let's. Uh, anything else you want to say before we move on to the amateur featherweights? No. Let's I go, think, guys. Uh, uh, it's going to be fun. The, 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 this is a fun division, man. And uh, yeah, I love it. I, I love seeing the younger guys kind of move up the ranks. And uh, kudos to. Don Shanis for getting, uh, you know, another title shot. Like we said, he was supposed to have one against uh, Williams, but Williams, you know, last minute, um, last minute matchup there because, you know, fights fall through. And uh, he came in a lot heavier than Don. That fight went down to, uh, what, a three-rounder, right? So um, five rounds could have been a whole different story at the weight they were, uh, you know, Don was contracted to for that fight. So, uh, you know, and, and I'll say one thing, like, and I know Don's watching and I love Don, like we've talked many times and, um, you know, I, when, when you watch that fight against Williams, like if I was in Don's shoes, I wouldn't have taken that fight. Uh, yeah, you sold a bunch of tickets. You got a bunch of merch sold. You're in your hometown. Um, but it was a last minute replacement. I can't remember who he was fighting. Who, who was his opponent? Prior to Williams. I, I, I forgot. Oh, uh, was it Estelle? Yes. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, Estelle. Fucking rain right here, baby. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was Estelle, and he backed out for, I think he got injured. He broke his foot or something, maybe like a week prior. And they brought in Williams last minute. And when you looked at Williams and Shana's face off, Williams probably had seven or eight inches on him. 
Um, it was a big size discrepancy. And with Don knocking on the UFC's door, that is not the time to take that fight. Uh, it's time to say, you know what? Let's wait till the next one. I need to fight at 45. I'm not fighting this guy at 55. Uh, because honestly, he took that fight. He lost. It was a close fight, but the size discrepancy definitely had an impact on the result of that fight. And him losing that fight makes him take two steps backwards from going to the UFC. So uh, maybe it's Don's management. I don't know, but I, I love the guy. I just don't think that was the right fight to take at that time. Um, shit happens, man. So a lot of fighters yeah. took fighters that fights that they wouldn't take in taken in other circumstances. But as we know, COVID, all this other shit, kind of you know you have to take that opportunity. I, as far as me with Don, I think I, I'm I'm for him taking that fight. Don's a big ticket seller. That's all he does. He doesn't make a living doing anything else. He had a fight. He had tickets sold, merchandise sold. You know, it's a big risk. But taking that risk, I think, also shows um, his character. That he's yeah, not afraid to take it. I, so I, 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 and, I, and look where we are right now. He gets another title shot, which I think he's right back where he left off right before that fight. Yeah, and, and I respect Don for taking that fight on short notice against an unknown from down south who's much bigger than him. To mucho respect. I just, when, when you take a step back and let's look at your career as a whole, I, I don't necessarily think that's the right move for your career at the time. You know, the tickets and the merch, I know it's a lot of money and it's a pain in the ass to go back and get refunds and play that game. It, it's a complete headache. Um, he's... Eh, but ultimately, Don's not doing this to sell tickets at Cage Titans and to sell merch locally. Don is doing this to fight in the UFC. And if that's your end goal, who cares about the tickets and the refunds and all the other shit? Because that's not a good matchup on short notice up a weight class. Because uh, you know maybe he made five, six, ten grand. I don't know. But if you get a contract with the UFC and you rat off a few wins, that's six figures a year. That's, that's a totally different category. Um, and now that may have delayed that whole UFC opportunity by 6 to 12 to 18 months. So I see what you're saying, Steve, and I respect Don for taking the fight. But no one can deny the fact that it's it's take, give it, he's two steps back from the UFC after losing that fight. Just because he took it out of his weight class against the guy who was much bigger who he didn't know about. You know? So that's just my opinion. Um, but Hey, I respect, I respect it, and I see, I totally see that side of it also. Um, with that, we have to move on. Anything you want to say uh, before we uh, move on to the, the featherweight amateurs? No, let's get to those amateurs. All right, let's go. Here we go. Featherweight amateur rankings for New England. Um, as to be expected, another dude that is making or, you know, making that walk across the bridge Two pro, but there was nothing uh, set in stone, is the Cage Titans amateur featherweight champion in uh, and defending amateur champion in uh, Shane Doherty. Let's talk about this division, boys, because there are some very, very big prospects in this division. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. When you had when you got Dan Walsh and Jake Caskey down at the bottom of a top ten, fucking a, just on their fight alone against each other, man. Um, Cage they, Titans, it, Cage, it's a fun one. Cage Titans, amateur fight of the year, I must say. Yes, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then that was the first fight back from COVID. Yes, that was the that first, was the first MMA fight. fight. It was the first, the first MMA, MMA fight, fight of the night. There was one Muay Thai fight beforehand, yeah. right? It was like, yeah. what the hell is going on? It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Shane Doherty belongs on top. Cage Titans, featherweight amateur champion, reigning, defending. Um, then you got Nate Grimard. Uh, Nate took a step up in competition in his last fight when he uh, fought Billy the Kid Wilson for the featherweight title at NEF. Great fight. Uh, Billy was just one step ahead of Nate the whole night, but Nate deserves to be in the top two or three here. There's no question in my mind. And then you got Marcel Romero. Marcel just beat uh, Dan Walsh. Uh, Marcel proves to 3-0, and um, and he was one of those guys we didn't know a whole lot about. He had fought a little while ago, um, and, and we were really gauge a lot from his fight against Walsh. So he definitely belongs up there. And then you got Andrew Valdina, um who's going to be fighting at cage titans uh, i believe he's going down to bantamweight am i right to fight arthur and pufu for the title who um, valdina is um well Al valdina is a real bantamweight he went up the featherweight yes. to fight um to fight randy so now yep um now he's going back to bantamweight to uh go for that amateur title against mapufu Right, so he he shows up here at featherweight because he's fought at featherweight, um, and, and I mean that's so so yeah that's that's basically my gist of it. When you got Dan Walsh and Jake Caskey at the bottom of of a list like this, and we're talking the amateur fighters, yeah, that's a good list. Um, like I said, I like Grimard at, at two. Um, I don't think that loss against Billy Wilson does a lot to his uh, prospective career moving forward. Um, I think if anything, it's a feather in his cap uh, for going five rounds with a guy from outside the region. So yeah, no, this this li list is looking pretty accurate. Uh, as we know, Brandon Malop Thevens, uh, he fought Nate Grimard uh, a couple of Neff cards back. Um, a, a a fight that Nate, um, I do believe he ended that fight. Right, he uh, he had a finish in that fight. Um, yeah. But I have to say. You know these guys uh, from uh, from five on Yurik Anderson. He's got a fight coming up very soon. That kid is a beast. He beat Zach Richards at uh, at Premier for their belt. Yeah. I do believe. Yeah. Yep. Finished Zach Richards there, which is fucking hard to do. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think. Um... You know, Shane Doherty at number one. We know he's going pro, but he's 5-0. and uh, Not only was he ranked the number one featherweight, he was also ranked the number one most handsome guy <laughs> in New England every day. Yeah. Uh, I would have Shane Doherty's babies. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Stud, you know, he's going to have a hell of a career. Um, you know, cage titan stalwart. Um, and then, you know, the Andrew Valdina has looked super impressive recently. He's got some serious hands and great footwork. And but one guy who really sticks out to me who's scary is Marcel Romero. What he did mm -hmm. to Dan Walsh in that fight. Um, 
you know, I don't know much about the guy. He seems to be pretty humble and quiet, and you don't see too much of him on social media. But the few times I've seen him fight, he's a scary, scary dude at 145. So keep an eye out for that guy. Yeah, he's yep, uh, he had a long layoff um, in between, you know, his second fight leading up to his third. I want to say three to four years. Yep. And, you know, he said he never stopped training. He was just, you know, um, getting personal stuff together. And the kid didn't miss a beat. I mean, even though it was only Dan's second fight, it was only Marcel's third fight. Uh, so, and coming back after four years off uh, of not even like seeing a cage. So, like you said, that's very, very impressive. And that kid, I like to see him stay busy. I think he was supposed to be on a phantom premiere card, just amateur card after the last, uh, I think that was just Karen throwing fucking anything out there to stay, uh, you know, relevant at that point. But, um, that kid should be shopped around, man. He should not stay, uh, stagnant. He should get out there as soon as possible and, uh, get some action either for reality, even though it might be, it's too late now, but, uh, there's a ton of cards coming up. This kid shows that he can get it done, man. We might, we need to see much more of him. Yeah, I think he's had a, I think he's had trouble maintaining matchups too. I think people see the I, I this is from what I've heard that the people saw the 2 and 0 record, looked up some tape on him and said next, you know. <laughs> um so yeah, he's definitely a guy that we could we we need to keep our eye on. And you know, talking to Dan Walsh who fought him, Dan knew he would what he was getting into. And as we mm -hmm. know, man, you got the Lozans guys, man, they don't fuck around. They're getting in there to try to get to the best talent. Um you know, Dan had fight of the year, amateur fight, man. Uh, there's no use in putting him against somebody that he's just going to take out easily. Joe put him in there, put him matched up against somebody that's going to challenge him. It's going to make him, and it made him a better fighter, man. Absolutely. Uh, where are we going next? Wait, oh, no, my God. Here come the fucking, pro. Here come the fireworks, people. Bantamweight pro. Best Bantamweights in Doing, let me find it, guys. Let me find it. And, and oh. everyone, everyone knows who who owns this division. I don't know. Everyone Let's knows go. Who owns this division. Everyone should know who owns this division because he's number one on our list. And it's Jay the Joker Parent. It's Jay, goddamn Joker. Parent. Double We're champ. About to tell you. Is Remember the name. Double champ. <laughs> yep. Jay Parent. Number one. Last year, what was he, three or four? Where was he last year? Uh, Perrin was, I think he was number one last time, too. Oh, yeah, he was still, he was champ, yeah. so he's number one. Yeah. yeah. You sure he was number one? Yeah. yeah, all right, number one. I don't know. I'm sorry, Jay, if I, you know, forgot where you were last year, but it was last year. Yeah. Yeah, Jay, Jay Perrin, yeah. number one, deservedly so. Um. You know, kids, uh, 10 and 4, CES champ, Cage Titans champ, knocking on the door of the UFC. You know, another winner. Should two. be 11 and 3. Should be 11 and 3. I believe he beat that kid on the contender series. Dana White believes he beat the kid on the contender series. Right. Um, so, so yeah, there's no question about this. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Johnny Campbell, uh, 21 and 14. Obviously, he's got a ton of fights under his belt. He was on... Uh, you know, he'll fight anyone, anywhere, anytime. He'll go to Brazil. He'll go to Texas. So he'll go to your mom's backyard. He doesn't care. Uh, he'll fight anybody. He's actually uh, fighting on the 8th of January against Johnny Lopez. Who, right. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. Which, 
which which will we'll be see a, in a minute. great scrap. You that, know, that's going to be a um, hun- uh, I think a hundred thirty pound catch weight. Makes okay. sense because we're gonna we're we're gonna see Johnny Lopez on this next list. So uh, can, can Campbell get down to one thirty? I mean, he looks like like shit getting to one thirty five. Well, oh, really. <laughs> I mean, he looks well, sucked out. It's well, great. what the what the reasoning behind it, this is that they fought. Um, uh, what they fight at? Did they fight at one? I think they fought at one twenty five when uh, Johnny went to uh, or one thirty five. Maybe they went fought 35. at one thirty five at the reality fight when uh, Johnny went in there at late notice. So um, now they're fighting a kind of in the middle. You know, five pounds from uh, Lopez's uh, weight division and five pounds lower than Johnny's. Like you said, Lars, I don't know if he's going to make 130 pounds. The fight's going to go on no matter what because Johnny Lopez ain't going to... He don't give a fuck if Johnny comes in there 155. The fight's happening. It's in uh, Lopez's backyard. But, um, yeah, interesting you say that. I wasn't really thinking of the weight. But, yeah, this is the first time Johnny's cut to uh, anything other than uh, Bantamweight in a while. Yeah, and I know it's not the easiest cut for him either. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But you know, Perrin and Campbell have a, have had a, a long term feud um, after their their close contact uh, contest at Cage Titans. So it's great to see them one and two. And then the party comes in at number three. Joe Penafiel, a new guy on the scene, making waves. Everyone hates him. Uh, who's a fighter? I love him as a fan. Um, you know, kids been impressive, went three and oh this year on the Cage Titans banner and beat some really good guys. So really good guys. And has been talking shit to Campbell, to Perrin, he talks shit to anybody. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a Penafial Campbell fight in the future. Perrin, we won't see back at Cage Titans, I don't think. I'm gonna say No, we got bugs. I'm gonna say this right now. Right. Um, you know, speaking to Joe. And money talks as always, but we know at these regional levels, there's not much money in there. Um, Joe is friends with Johnny Campbell. They talk a lot. When I spoke to Joe, and uh, the, the 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 buzz right now, or not the buzz, I think it's written in stone, um, Joe will be fighting Bugs for yeah. the, um, I hate to say this belt, but. What's what's the name interim. of the yeah interim belt, and yeah. uh, you know I think that's just to make the fight more exciting. Um, not to say they you know these two guys don't deserve to fight over a belt, but we do know who owns that belt, and that's Jay Perrin. So no, and it, and and I also say this like I think Polvere making that Cage Titans making that fight an interim championship. Um, you know I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I will. Uh, is is probably uh, Polver kind of sticking it to Perrin because Perrin got really vocal about um, Cage Titans recently, I, which I don't think was on this show. Just, I, just yeah, I, and, and I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think it was valid on Perrin's Perrin's point of view. Um, and you know, it's tough because when you go to CES and you win their belt, you're kind of locked in with them. And I think Perrin was looking for some sort of opportunity from Cage Titans, but Mike's like, you're with, Colbert's like, you know, you're with CES now. I can't do anything about it. But Perrin went about it where he's pretty aggressive vocally 
about cage titans and how they you know treated him um so i'm assuming that you know Povera's like all right well you're gone so let's make a championship and i and i think that was probably uh Povera's way of kind of sticking a little bit to Perrin, which yeah i respect it's a all, all's fair in love and war right um uh, but he'll be taking on um you know so now the interim championship is Penafial versus Boogs Young, Lionel Young at number seven. And you might look at his record and say he's 10 and 17. What the hell is he doing on this list? But his recent performances have been awesome. Like yeah. if you like ranked fighters right now and took all their records away, like Boogs Young is definitely on this list. And he might even be in the top five. I don't know. He's looked really, really good against some tough competition recently. So I, I'm glad to see him on this list. Uh, a couple other guys yeah, on on this list that uh, no doubt should be on this list is John Duma, um, ranked number four. Uh, that's a great great spot for him and the knockout artist at number five. Shaka, yes. Yeah, he. I always love talking about this guy, um, and he knocked out Carlos Espinosa. Espinoza, I believe it was at CES again, just to further reiterate the fact that this guy is going to be dangerous. Um, I, I mean, I really think three through seven here can be mixed up any way, any way you, you decide to slice it. Um, uh, you know, he, these, these guys are great. This is one of the divisions I'm super excited about going forward. Um, the Boogs Young fight with, uh, with the party is, is, is a great fight. Um, but here I want to take my little take on what happened with Jay Perrin and cage titans jay perrin defends his belt as ces he's not coming back to the regional scene anytime soon exactly. so it only makes sense for Polver to not keep that belt up in the air for so long jay's got the fight with with ces he he earned the title against josh smith now he has to defend that title he defends that title successfully he's going to the ufc i mean it, it's it's in my opinion Mike's just trying to progress that division um, through Cage Titans in that manner. Um, so I can't really blame either side. Um, I still consider Jay the double champ, and I even will uh, once either the party or Boogs has that uh, that belt around their waist. But until he until Jay goes to the to the UFC, which is going to happen in 2022, in my prediction, um, he's the double champ. He's number one. Um, so so he's got to be up there. Uh, speaking about Jay, um, you know I do believe. CES was supposed to have a card before March. I don't know the what was going on there. Last time I interviewed Jay, it was right before Christmas, and he was speaking about a card in either the end of January or beginning of February that he was going to defend his CES title against. He had an opponent already. The contract was signed. Then we found out, um, you know, Jay put out a Instagram story that disappeared after a while that, you know, the fight's off. Or not the fight, the card is off and it's being rescheduled. And now we just seen Jay, or I just seen Jay put on another post that he'll be fighting for Ma in March and defending the title for CES in March. It probably is against the same opponent he was talking about on the, on our um on this podcast. But like you said, Travis, um, Jay defends that title, man. There's going to be no chance for him to... Uh, defended at cage Titans. that kid's gone yeah absolutely and i did see that um jay posted earlier that it was a diff i think he's got a different opponent okay. now uh for ces i believe he posted earlier today or yesterday that this new opponent new opponent same goal but the end goal here he's moved out to vegas 
um, from the from the East Coast. He's training in Vegas at um, one of the best schools in the country. He owns one of the best regional titles in the country. He goes on and defends that. And there's no way Dana White, who thinks he won on the Contender Series, cannot. I mean, it's not up to Dana White. Essentially, it's Sean Shelby and all those guys. But like, somebody's got to make a stink about this guy not fighting for the UFC. And for who, who, someone to make a stink will be Jay. <laughs> Absolutely, Jay, Jay, he should by all rights because he's he's basically the New England bantamweight version of Chris Curtis at this point. Um, what more does he have to do? I mean, Chris Curtis was a 30 fight veteran and he earned it more than anyone, but like, what more does Jay got to do to, to put himself on that roster? Um, and I think the last, the, the last box to check off is defending that CES world title. And then, uh, we won't see him back for a little while. Well, yeah, we won't see him back. We'll have to go visit him, um, you know, down the line there. Um, but you yeah. know, kudos to, Kudos to um, the Joker for uh, number one man, uh, deservingly so. Uh, Jay and I we talk off offline a lot, uh, dude. Uh, you know, me and him have things in common. We both don't get the recognition recognition we deserve at times, even though you know he's an elite fighter and stuff like that. But we do have um, we do have uh, a lot of talks about shit behind the scenes. So I respect that kid. I know he's very verbal. But he's confident as fuck, and he knows the uh, he he knows uh, you know his path and and where it's leading to. So kudos to that motherfucker. Absolutely. So guys, let's uh move on to bantamweight amateurs, and then we're down after that to flyweight, and we're out of here. So let's get the bantamweight amateurs, guys. Uh, here we go. Leading the path is the Neff. Being a way amateur champion there. And uh, Felipe Gunter, man, I had the opportunity to meet him for the first time at Net 45, where um, Chelsea Tucker interviewed him. And a very humble kid and very impressive kid, grinding kid, and uh, had a very quick fight at Neff. Um, let's talk about this division and uh, the prospects we see here. Yeah, uh, Felipe Gunther, number one, easy decision. Um, you know, honestly, a lot of the amateur weight classes were pretty cut and dried in my eyes. Um, you know, Felipe Gunther, four now, kid is a massive 135-er. I don't know how he cuts down to 135. I'm not sure if he's ever had weight issues uh, getting there, but he's a big, big dude for 135. Uh, trains a first-class MMA under John Rao. Uh you know, definitely evolved and is a, is a kid to keep an eye on, uh, you know, but number two, Andrew Valdina, we see him again, <laughs> this kid, uh, lows on MMA standout kids, a stud. I would love to see those two go at it. Number one and number two, but Andrew Valdina, uh, definitely deserves to be where he's at. I'm, I don't know too much about Jessen Ramcharan. Uh, I've never seen him fight. I'm not sure if you guys have. Um, no. uh, yeah, go ahead, Travis. I believe he, he was a premier guy, was he not? Or ammo, I think he fought at ammo. He has fought at ammo too. Yeah, okay. yeah, they, they, um, that, that, they, they switch fighters a lot. Them fighters, uh, go right. back and forth from ammo. To yeah, back. so he's he's a western, western mask guy. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, we all know Mopofu pretty well. Henry Clark hasn't fought in a little while. Um, 
But, you know, when it comes to this division, you know, one guy who really impressed me last time out was Jake Dillon at number seven. Uh, big dude as well. He was very impressive in his last fight. But when it comes to this weight class, you know, I'm looking at those top three and saying, you know, yeah, any of them have a chance to be number one. But I'd love to see a round robin tournament with those top three. As we or uh, top four, I mean, you put Arthur in there too. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. as we know, yeah. Andrew Valdina will be uh, he'll be going against Atha Mapufu for mm -hmm. the Cage Titans 135 amateur belt. There, Arthur's been busy, he's been fighting in other organizations or at least yeah. one getting uh, some action there. So he's been he's been yeah, he active. Fought out in Ohio. What's that? Ohio at B2. He fought out in Ohio at B2. I actually know that one of their uh, matchmakers and the promoter out there. So it was kind of cool to see him link up out there. Cool. And uh, as we know, he did or did he hold the uh, he did hold the Cage Titans Bantamweight amateur title at one time, correct? Yeah, and he lost to Jeff Joy, right? Yes. All right. Yep. There you go. Thank you, Travis. <laughs> so yeah. so this is uh he's going for that belt. Uh, he's, he could own that belt for the second time in his amateur career. Um, what are you thinking about? I mean, we're not, we don't want to, not really want to talk about matches, but we've been talking about them because they're on the list here. Um, that's a high profile fight there. I see, um, whoever wins this fight is going pro right after. Yeah, I think you could definitely, uh, say that, um, Valdina and Pofu, um, it's going to be the, that's going to be the battle for number two, essentially. Um, unless Felipe Gunter comes down to to gauge Titans, um, it's, it would be hard to, to gauge that. Um, a win, an impressive win for Arthur or Andrew could push them ahead of Gunter if Gunter doesn't fight in the next couple months. It, it's just, it's just one of those things, like, like, uh, Lars said, the top three or four here could shuffle, um, with one, one of them falling or, or one of them having an impressive win. Um, yeah, it's just a good tight top four here. And uh, the, you know, some the couple of guys down at the end of the list that have been there against nothing but beast. Um, Brett Layton, that kid, uh, you know, he's a grinder. Another Lozon kid there. Um, you can't sleep on that kid. Wrestler background, and he goes in there and he just throws leather unless it hits the ground, man. So we have a lot of potential um, as far as amateurs in this division, man. New England's killing it. Killing it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I mean, there, um, you know, there, there, there's something about Valdina that just catches my eye. His movement, his fluidity, his technique, it's it's next level. Um, and he's a guy that when you watch fight, he's very smart in the cage as well. Uh, I could see him. I could see him being a guy we're talking about in our pro rankings over the next few years, and who knows where it goes from there. He's obviously training at uh, the best camp in New England. So, you know, I got I got kind of Andrew Valdina circled on my list here as a guy to watch out for in the future. He's got a huge following, a huge backing, and, uh, you know, it goes without saying, when you have that much potential and you are a prospect like that, people are going to be drawn to you. He's a good kid out of the cage he's doing everything right i think he's 24 years old 23 or 24 um and he's already you know thinking ahead you know i i talked to him a couple of days ago i said hey, let's let's get an interview in and, and he goes dude let, i want to get a couple more sponsors before we do an interview so i can blast it out when we actually do an interview and i can give everyone like support and respect 
for uh, jumping on the team. So that kid is giving back, man. Whoever like sponsors that kid or helps him out, man, he's definitely gonna uh, pay them forward in so many ways. The kid's definitely a prospect. He's got a big fight ahead of him. Uh, Atamapufu is no joke. I love that kid too, man. I've missed him. I haven't seen him fight locally in a while. So it's gonna be interesting talking to these two, uh, these two uh, title participants uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks about what they're thinking about this matchup. Yes, I agree. I want to I want to add a little tidbit of information. I think Lars, you may be able to agree with this, and Steve yourself. Um, we see a lot of guys from Lozons on here, and I think a lot of the guys, when it came to like, I don't know if this guy's numbered in the top ten. When you look and see that the Lozons tag is beside their name, that's worth a lot to us. Um, it's the biggest camp in New England. Um, straight killers come out of there. Um, so I think you, we, we've touched on a lot of his fighters um, tonight. And I I think it goes without saying that when you come from Lozons, uh, there's just something different. Um, and then I think a lot of guys, you know, stock rises real quick. Um, when they're training out of there, and as it should. And what people don't see behind the scenes is I'm at Cage Titans, and, you know, Cage Titans has a plethora of Lozon fighters there, revolving door. When I'm in the back interviewing them, Joe Lozon, unless he's cornering the next fighter uh, heading to the gates, he's back there with them. And the inspirational speeches and just like the the – the camaraderie and the humor and sarcasm he has with these fighters, win or lose, is fucking incredible. When I'm back there listening to him and just watch him, and even like him, you know, uh, busting Peter Barrett's balls about his fucking, uh, his punk rock vest, saying, dude, get that, you know, like just fucking with these guys. He makes them just like feel, um, put their guard down. That which makes them absorb exactly what he's saying to him. You know, he has yeah, a, he's way. Got a certain way. He has a way with these he's fighters, man. With yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. they're crying. I mean, G Dan Walsh, that first fight, uh, amateur fight of the year, 2021. He's he's crying in the back room with happiness. And, you know, Joe's busting his balls, telling him to stop crying like a fucking baby. You got an interview coming out. So, you know, he knows what buttons to press and when to put you on when you need to be on and when you need, when, and he lets you be a human, which is fucking incredible to watch. Yeah, yeah it is. There's something to be said for that, the relationship between coach and fighter. You know, there's a lot of coaches who are hard-nosed and, um, you know, there's that barrier there. Uh, you know, Lozon does a really good job of breaking down that barrier and having that intimate relationship that goes beyond just coaching. It's, you know, relating to somebody who's feeling these emotions. And obviously, that, that guy can relate. Um, yeah, there's definitely something to be said for that. So, you know, respect that camp and Joe Lozon to the fullest. Excellent. Uh, icon and uh, Hall of Famer right there. So, guys, let's our last weight class of the 2021 end of the year New England MMA rankings is flyweight. Do you want to start with amateur flyweight or pro flyweight, guys? Keep it going. Keep it going. Same way. Same, yep. same way we, I got it locked I mean, and loaded. 
we got the flyweight pros coming up right now. Here yep. we go. Number one. Plane shot. Plane shot. The shutdown. The CES World Flyweight Champion. Number one. Number one. Guys, let's talk about it. All right, I'll yeah, no, I'll take the I'll take the lead here. Blaine Shut. Um really the, the biggest title in New England that you can own uh is CES. I mean Lopez holds the reality title, but has lost the title at CES to Blaine Shut. So it just works out that Blaine Shut is number one here. Now Mitch Raposo, um he definitely deserves some shine. Um young kid. Took a took a leap of faith going on to the Ultimate Fighter. Um, I'm sure he's learned a lot. Uh, you know, no longer undefeated, but he definitely deserves to be up here in the top three or four. There's no question about that, and that's where he stands at number two. Johnny Lopez. After that, uh, we've already talked about his fight coming up with Cupcakes Campbell. Um, Lopez could be any position here as well. Um, one through three, um, we'll learn a lot about what he's got left in the tank against Cupcakes uh, this weekend. Um, Tim Flores, he's looked pretty good uh, coming out of F. He was out of FAA, um, three three and one, um, grinding victory at CES last time out. Then we got Josh Rickey here coming in number five. Um, we really haven't seen a lot of him uh, recently, but what we have seen of him has always been. Uh, a, gamer um at 25 willing to take on the top uh, opponents so he deserves that number five spot um yeah uh justin valentin coming down here uh putting him at number 10 um a lot of hype behind him coming out of Bassett's camp uh he may be two and two but the sky's the limit for him super athletic another kid that could uh, reel off a couple wins and put himself up into the top five so yeah really good list of guys here can i jump in there justin valentin will be uh fighting at reality on january 8th alongside his cousin johnny lopez and erica valentin will also be on that card we got and Ant alvarado out of Bassett. Yep. so they got four guys or four Three guys and one lady heading to reality fight on the eighth. And uh, to get back at Ant, he was he or he is on our amateur list there back. We didn't get to mention him for time, but that kid is putting on a hurting. Bassett's gym, underdog MMA out there in Connecticut, New London, I think it is, or around that area. Um, they are putting a hurt. Matt Bassett is uh, grooming some uh, talent along with Russell Leak over there at um, Underdog MMA. Yeah, I think, um, you know, this division, I think it came down between Shot and Raposo. And Shot was the number one ranked flyweight last time we did these rankings as well. And, um, you know, Shot, we, you know, full disclosure, we, we managed playing Shot. Uh, so we've been working to get him a fight with CES and defend that belt, you know, for for over a year, and it's been a struggle. So we've been kind of forced to look elsewhere. He's fought for Bellator up a weight class at 135, but he needs to be active. He needs to be fighting. So he's fighting for Bellator on the 29th in Phoenix, Arizona, at 135. 
but we know his home's at 125. We'd love to see him uh, fight Mitch Raposo uh, for the CES belt. Um, you know, we tried to line that up a few months ago. Didn't work out. Hopefully, you know, things change here in the near future. But, you know, th that that's an obvious matchup to make uh, if you're CES, if you're Blaine Schott, if you're Mitch Raposo. Uh, so hopefully timelines can work out and, and, and that can get locked up. And that will decide who's the number one ranked flyweight in New England. Uh, but for now, Blaine Shutt retains it. He holds the belt. Somebody's got to come get it. Um, and, um, you know, that should be a fun one if it ever happens. And then, you know, another kid who really uh, catches my eye is Tim Flores. You know, I interviewed him after his last win down at CES. Super nice kid. Um, you know, he's fought all the way up to 145 at one point. Uh, but he's, you know, he's got some talent. FAA product. And, uh, you know, he's on a roll. So keep an eye out for that kid. He could easily jump up in that top three uh, over the next, uh, you know, six to 12 months. I would so. love to see Flores against Mitch Raposo. Um down the line those guys kind of look alike as far as the yeah, similar build yeah similar build wrestling uh ground guys there if if you know if we're going for their bread and butter uh they like to grind down there and tim flores man he's been on like you said a tear i think his only loss was maybe late notice against a, a an actual 135 or a 140 pound guy well, I think uh, it was at 145 yeah at, yeah at reality so uh he took that fight law uh Late notice because, um, you know, he sold a million tickets and sometimes you got to do what the fuck you got to do. And uh, Tim Flores is no easy task to beat. And I would love, if the fight doesn't happen between him and Blaine, I would love to see Tim Flores against um, Mitch Raposo down the line if those guys don't go, uh, you know, don't go to the next level before then. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, I like any of those matchups. All right, guys. Uh, as you said, Blaine will be fighting for uh, Bellator. I know that uh, Mitch mentioned something. He was taking the holidays off. And he did mention, I think he did mention something he has in the works down the line. I don't know what that could be. I want to say Kate, if he's going to fight locally, it's going to be, of course, CES or Cage Titans. So uh, it'll be interested to see what happens with uh, Mitch Raposo in the future, especially after Blaine uh, fights and Johnny Repose, uh, Johnny Lopez fights. There's a lot of opportunity here and a lot of matchups um, to be made, depending on what happens at um, on the eighth and uh, you know at you know not CES um, at um, reality. Reality. So with that said, uh, where are we? We have flyweight amateurs last man. one we've been doing this for two hours fuck man yeah we expected to go an hour and we expected we expected to go an hour and a half but we really had to uh emphasize on these uh you know the 185 pounders down because they are you know the excitement in new england as far as you know matchups and potential and prospects out there so let's go with the flyweights amateurs of new england as should be Nate Russell is a number one amateur flyweight of New England. Nate, as we know, did beat um who did he be at uh CES uh, not CES at uh at uh Cage Titans for the, the belt there? Joe. Joe Poirier Poirier. Okay. Joe 
So Nate had a pretty easy fight in that, which, uh, you know, Nate's been around for a long time. He could turn pro at any time, but dude, he's in no hurry. He's a family man, has a great job. He's having fun out there shopping and skills. Another FAA guy. And Nate recently fought out of state for another title. He came away with a loss there. But that's only showing that this kid's going uh, for bigger and better things and staying busy. So let's talk about this division, fellas, and uh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nate Russell, man, he's he's got a ton of fights under his belt. He's an amateur, and he doesn't care who he fights. And I love that, you know. And any amateur fighters out there who are listening, it's like you're an amateur. If, if the weight class makes sense, go fight guys. Get Get the experience. Like... You obviously want to kind of step up levels in competition as you as you move forth, but don't shy away from competition at the amateur level. Once you turn pro, then you got to kind of start to evaluate things at a deeper level. Uh, but Nate Russell has that mentality and he deserves to be at the top of this this pile here. Um, and then two and three are two guys that just fought each other. Tyler Smythe and Caleb Austin, they fought at NEF um, 45, their last card. Smythe came away with a fourth round TKO victory. Uh, looked super impressive there. Um, solid grappler. Uh, he he out grappled and out wrestled Caleb Austin, who's a state champion wrestler. So he trains at Evolution Athletics. Uh, kid's got some talent there, but you know he's still um, he's still green. So I'm, I'm curious to see how his striking evolves over the next few fights that he has. Um, I don't know much about Casey Norton to be honest. Um, but, you know, Joe Poirier was, I think, number two in our last rankings. He's fallen to six after his loss to Russell. You know, Russell's fight IQ and his experience just showed through in that fight. And Poirier, he just took the fight to Poirier, and Poirier had no answers for him. Uh, so I think that was good for Poirier to understand that, you know, his first two fights, he looked incredible. And all of a sudden, you know, it brought him down a notch and will we'll make him a better fighter in the long run. Um you know, but, you know, looking at this division, I think this is solid rankings here, man. I, I, and one guy that really caught my eyes last fight out was Rich Martell. He's only 1-0, but he looked super impressive in his debut at NEF. Uh, so that's somebody to keep an eye on. But, you know, these are these are legit. You know, Nate Russell deserves to be there. Tyler Smythe and Caleb Boston, they just fought. They deserve to be where they're at. And, you know, there could be some shakeup here in um, – in the coming months. I'm not sure if anyone's well, on Yes, he has the, the shakeup right now. Tyler Smythe will be defending his title against a past amateur title holder in uh, Ryan, Ryan uh, Burgess. Oh, Ryan Burgess, right. Yep. yep. Who they had a verbal war. It's died down now because now uh, we're getting down to the, the grind time when these guys got to really batten down the hatches. And it's, uh, you know, four weeks out. These guys, you know, the verbal war is over. Now it's time to train and put the money where the mouth is. So, um, yeah, so there are guys active in this division that are going to be moving either up or down in the next few months, man. Jake Bagley, we haven't heard of him in a while. He's He's got a business he's running, a family he's taking care of. Um, I did speak to him a couple of cards back at Cage Titans where we were hanging out. And, uh, you know, he's still at the cage, lurking at people coming out of the cage. And uh, he's always gung-ho for a fight in the future. But at this point, man, he is not 
you know, one of those prospects that's, uh, you know, really grinding on, uh, you know, on the match right now, getting ready, you know, to come out in 2022 as, you know, as active, you know what I mean? So uh, I got to give it to the guys up there in the, in the top band. These guys have been fighting, um, you know, for whatever cards Neff had or any other cards around uh, to stake their claim in this division. So um, the rankings are definitely where they should be here. Yeah, I, I think I think Poirier might have fallen a little too far here. Um, I think he could easily be up at four. Uh, and yeah. I know the last time I talked to Jake Bagley, he wants to fight Joe. So I think the, the fact that they are right close together makes a whole lot of sense. Um, if Jake, if Jake wants to get in the gym and start getting in shape, um, Jake lets him fly like no one else. Um, that'd be a fun fight with Joe. Um, but yeah, top, top three really stand out to me. Um, pretty high on Smythe coming out of evolution. Um, so yeah, I, I like this list, um, until someone else tries to take away what the top three have. The top three is pretty solid here. To, to get back at Jake, um, Jake's got a win over Andrew Valdina. He's got a TKO, TKO over Valdina. He fought Nate Russell for, um, was it the Premier title or was the Ammo title? And um, Ammo, he did get finished by Nate Russell, but, you know, as we know, Nate Russell is, like, either grinding you out on a win or finishing you. So, yep. you know, his last couple of fights have been big fights. And we, as we know, Jake was supposed to fight um, Dave DeRayo for the flyweight yep. amateur championship at Cage Titans a while back. That fight fell through, David getting injured. And that's when I think Jake kind of fell off the path and just started getting his business together and, um, you know, thinking about the family and, and, and saving some money. And we'll get to fighting uh, sometime in, you know, hopefully in the middle of 2022. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think Jake's still hungry. It's just there's so much going on in his his personal life that, you know, the 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 ring isn't really where he needs to be. He needs to be a father to his kids. He needs to be, um, you know, heading up that company that he runs, and uh, he's doing the right thing there. Excellent, guys. Well, guys, um, we're just, uh, I think, about done here. What I'm going to do is uh, um, I'm going to give you two guys last words. And as you're having last words, I'm going to throw up all the pro rankings all on one poster here. And uh, I'll let Lars start it off. Lars, you got two minutes. And then Travis, you got two minutes. And as you're talking, I'm going to flash between the amateur and the pro full rankings here. So right now I'll throw the pros out there. So start it off, Lars. Fucking two minutes, seriously? You get fucking, fucking two minutes, man. We'd be going like a half hour longer than we were supposed yeah, to. Yeah, I, I need like 15 seconds. I'm about to fall asleep. All right, I wait. Give me a minute. I gotta go. Give me a minute. I gotta go I'm pee. Tired, man. I gotta go pee. Sorry. Right. Uh, well, I'll give a shout out to uh, the Spicy Shark, our sponsor, once again. Go check them out. The best hot sauce you'll ever have. Spicy Shark, the spicyshark.com. Um, enter code NEMA, uh, N-E-M-M-A, you get a 10% discount. Um, they got a bunch of different stuff there, uh, probably eight or nine hot sauces. They got some syrups that are, are spiced up. Uh, they got some wing sauces. So check them out, local New England company, which fits in perfectly for, with our 
kind of uh, our, our, our world here in New England-based MMA. So check out the spicyshark.com. Um, tell them we sent you. You will not be disappointed. I use this shit pretty much on every meal that I eat. So, uh, you know, it's fun. This is a good time, Travis. We um, rattled off 18 different, you know, weight classes. Sorry, throw an M, which is a daunting task. And is, we're going on two and a half hours now. So uh, if somebody uh, thinks that we don't have a passion for this and, and don't like this type of shit, they're idiots. Uh, you know, I will challenge anybody to, um, you know, show me somebody else or, or some other organization has the passion that we do for doing this and giving these guys the shine. You know, we, we do this uh, for the love of it. Uh, we don't make any money doing it. We, we barely pay the bills, uh, <laughs> but um, we're constantly on the road, going to fights, interviewing fighters. Um, and, and, you know, we don't do this for any shine ourselves. We do, we do this to give these guys exposure and to have uh, a resource for fans in New England to go to and to kind of get content. So, you know, we, we love this and uh, it's a lot of hard work, but it's, it's a labor of love uh, and a passion that I have that isn't fading. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be here till the wheels fall off. Travis? Yeah, um, really just want to say that I'm truly blessed to be part of the team with you guys. Um, this is a fun thing to do. It's fun to be back into the, the, the swing of things um, following the, the holidays. Um, I did want to bounce it back to Lars real quick about um, an individual he may have spoken to the past couple of days on the phone who uh, might need a little bit of support. Um, uh, he hasn't always been um, in, the, in the forefront of things, and people may or may not know him from New England MMA, but it's definitely a, a worthy cause um, and something that we think pretty highly of here um, in the New England MMA, uh, you know, in the Brethren. Um, so... Yeah. yeah, let, let yeah. Lars take this one. Good call. Um, you know, there's a, a, a pretty big fan of mixed martial arts in the region who's uh, been diagnosed with uh, some pretty severe cancer. Mike Shorey, who is up in, uh, I think, the Dover-Foxcroft area of Maine. Uh, he's been to plenty of NEF events. He knows all the fighters. He's very active on social media. You know, he was given some pretty tough news recently. Uh, in terms of um, a cancer diagnosis that the prognosis isn't great. So, you know, we want to shout out Mike Shorey for, you know, being a fan and, and uh, supporting these athletes and supporting our platform. Um, and, you know, if, if you can help out, he's got a GoFundMe. And um, so that's up. You, he could always use the help financially. Uh, he can't work right now, obviously. He's going through chemo. And so if you can help out by donating to, to Shorey's GoFundMe or just send him some words of encouragement, I'm sure he'd appreciate it. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see him at the NEF show here um, in, in four or five weeks. Uh, but shout out to Mike Shorey and uh, keep fighting, brother. And as, uh, you know, Mike's been doing, you know, even before he was ill, he gives shout outs constantly to MMA fighters uh, for your, you know, for your accomplishments, for anything you put out there. Um, it's magnified now because he wants, he needs the love back. Um, you, you need to look at him. You need to help him out. And, uh, you know, the last, 
you know, the, the, the few months that we might have with him. Uh, as Lars and uh, Travis spoke, man, he's been a very big supporter of New England MMA. And, uh, you know, we're looking to help him out and make him and his family as comfortable as possible, you know, in, in 2022. So whatever you can do, uh, you know, we'll be uh, mentioning him again in the, you know, the week or coming weeks on our podcast. Uh, you know, we'll devote a lot of time to uh, giving him the best possible support we can, you know, in a time of need. So, guys, uh, man. Yeah, and, and I just I just posted um, in the chat here on YouTube uh, his uh, he's got a PayPal um, fundraiser set up. It ends in two days, but I also know he has a GoFundMe. So we'll we'll put that information out there on our website soon. But I did post his PayPal fundraiser in the chat if anybody's interested in donating to that. Excellent, guys. Well, dudes, man, I haven't talked to you guys this lengthy in a fucking long time i mean we talk almost every day but not like not this this is special guys we got to do this more often maybe keep it down to like 45 minutes just talking about yeah <laughs> topics maybe something we saw on uh arguments on comments between fighters that we can bring to life to maybe uh bring spotlight to a matchup that uh some fighters that you guys might not see in the comments have a rumbling and maybe have a grudge against each other I think uh, we'll work something out, guys, that we can get together every couple of weeks, have a podcast together, even if it's for a half hour, just inform New England on what's going on, what we know, and uh, not to give out all the beans, just enough to entice you to, to tune <laughs> yeah. in every so often. But You know, it's uh, it's funny. We uh, I don't think we've done this for over a year, yeah. like us three. So we definitely got to do it more often. Um, but you'll be surprised the beans that we have that we don't release <laughs> and maybe we'll trickle out some beans a little bit more if we're going to do this more often. But, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we hold, and here's the thing, like is we know we hold beans in and we're like, should we release them? And then the next day, fucking some other site releases them and they were like kicking mm -hmm. ourselves. But, uh, the, the cream rises, man. Uh, I think we have the best team in New England as far as media. Um, and we're always looking to add to our media team uh, in all facets, podcasts, interviewers, other people out there that have the passion that we do. Uh, we're looking for a producer for the Room Podcast. If you want to come in here uh, every so often and press a button for me, I'll show you how to do it. You just give it, have uh, thick skin and be as fun as hell or I'll fucking torture you in this place. So... Oh uh, yeah, and, uh, topology go fuckers. <laughs> and I, as I did say in uh, the last couple of days, you guys need to go look at topology and compare their rankings to ours. And I think ours are the most legit. There might be some you don't agree on in here, but all in all, I think at least ninety percent of our our rankings can't be argued with. And I will put my name and my backing and the. 12 or 13 other people that um, contributed to get these out, man. It wasn't an easy task, man. It was like taking a fucking essay, like taking a fucking SAT to get into fucking the, the, the higher level, man. It, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> so with that said, uh, Lars, and I want to also say I'm proud of these two guys right here, not only for, um, for all they've done in the time and before the time, in New England, a but um, you know the future. Full contact management. Um, I'm a part of these guys. 
you know, I'm still support everyone that wants to, um, you know, come on the show, talk about their fights and shit. But at this point in the podcast, it, it's hard for me to reach out to so many people and get a fair share. I need you people to come to me and and want to be on the show. Uh, and, uh, you know, the invite's always there. I want more of this. I want more people to uh, want to come on the show. So put your yeah. name... Put put your names out there. Contact us. It it doesn't matter what it is. MMA, uh, you know, just something that's important that needs to be spoken about. Uh, come on the show. Yeah, if you have if you have any questions about uh, shipping through the U.S. Postal Service, you want to reach out to Steve. <laughs> I'm the man. I just got a new job too, and I'll talk about that down the line. Yeah. But, uh, with that said, guys, anything else you want to say uh, before well, I let you go? And don't I'm hit, gonna, don't, gonna, don't, <laughs> don't fucking hang up on me until I fucking stop all this shit. So, with that said, uh, follow us on YouTube, which you're watching this at right now. This podcast, not that you're gonna, it, it'll be on Spotify tomorrow sometime. I'm too tired to do it. Subscribe tonight. Subscribe, subscribe to our channel. To our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on uh, Facebook, on the internet, on Twitter, on Instagram, everywhere. We're even on fucking TikTok now, motherfucker. Grinder. So grind around, grind. Look at this face. You don't think any gay guys want to fucking grind this? So with that said, <laughs> don't leave, guys. I'm putting on the intro and we're out of here. With that said, guys and ladies, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week. I'll be in full throttle podcast mode, interview mode next Tuesday, hitting up fucking everyone in Neff and everyone in, in fucking the Cage Titans world. And uh, whoever else wants to be on the show, contact us. My door's always open. With that said, we out of here. Don't hang up, motherfuckers. Spicy shock, baby. Check them out. We out.